This is the Bench Warmers with your host, Cody Foxley and Cajun Lane. Brought to you by 881 The Brew, your music central. Yo, 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 what is up? Welcome to the Bench Warmers here on 881 The Bird. My name is Cajal, joined here by my awesome co host. What's going on, everyone? It's your boy Cody here, and I'm back, and we are very excited to be hosting once again because we took a week off. We took the week off. It was our Mother's Day. Yeah, yeah. Had to be good sons, go home <laughs> and uh, work on the garden for our moms. So yeah, uh, show now some we're love back. To the moms, uh, <laughs> but now uh, we get to talk some sports, and it's a pretty big week. Like, we got a lot mm-hmm. of stuff like to genuinely talk about. Uh, I know around this time it can feel a little bit slow because you got. Kind of the NBA, like everything's already kind of figured out. Um, NFL, there's just not much going on past the draft and all that. Um, and then not a lot of people like to talk about baseball. But uh, a lot of big stuff happened in baseball. A lot of stuff's happening in the NBA. And a big news item just hit in the NFL. Uh, we're going to be talking about the schedule releases in the second half of the show. So make sure you stick around for that. Uh, that'll be coming up after 1 o'clock. But before we do any of that, we're going to be talking a little bit about... Uh, the MLB, and then later on in this hour, we're going to be going into having Cody talk about like a beginner's guide for the NBA playoffs. So if you're like me, if you have no idea what is going on with the NBA, <laughs> but uh, all your friends are talking it, you don't really know like what's going on, uh, we'll let you know like kind of some of the basics. Uh, exactly. And then if you really want to get in on like some serious NBA talk uh, after our show at about 2 o'clock, uh, Will and Ray Green, you know, that's all that they they talk the real real basketball stuff so yeah um but yeah we'll get you guys some of the basics uh for what's going on in the playoffs uh you excited for today cody of course man basically guys i'm gonna make you guys sound competent when you're talking to your friends if you don't know basketball like can't you got you guys gotta stop saying lebron james is the goat dad you know like <laughs> it's, it's a it's a true statement but like it's overheard people don't know if you know basketball if you're just gonna talk about lbj the entire time <laughs> so the next time you talk basketball you bring up a player like jamal murray they're gonna be like whoa Whoa, okay, this kid knows his stuff. So, yeah, Cajal, let's get into it. All right, so uh, we'll start off with baseball. Um, I know it can be a snoozer for a lot of people, but it will be a snoozer no longer if you're watching any of the Mariners games because uh, Mariners just got, you probably heard us talk about it a billion times. You've heard this probably name, heard yeah. it in the news. <laughs> You've heard the name Jared Kalnick, and uh, maybe not so much Logan Gilbert, but Jared Kalnick and Logan Gilbert, two of the Mariners' top prospects, made their debuts the other night uh, in the first game against the Cleveland Indians. That was a super fun game, but uh, I'll talk a little bit before about that because uh, we left off on Sunday. Um, or we didn't even talk on Sunday, so we'll just go through what happened in the week. Uh, Mariners, they played the Rangers. Uh, we lost that series in a pretty unfortunate fashion, but um, they the Rangers ended up taking that series uh, two games to one, and then we played the Dodgers. Now, the Dodgers, <laughs> the reigning World Series champions, uh, they're not looking too hot, um, and I thought we had a really good chance on the first night. Um, Mariners went up like... Three to one, and then they scored another run. But then afterwards, the Dodgers just started taking it to town. Gavin Lux hits a three-run shot in the eighth inning. Just to put us out of our misery, like after we saw our lead collapse, that one was a pretty tough one. And then uh, your boy, 
your boy on the Dodgers, Julio Urias. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, he absolutely stomped him. That's what I said. So uh, yep. <laughs> on, on Wednesday, anytime they face him, it's just like I know it's going to be a loss, but I have to sit there and watch it anyway because mm-hmm. i got to talk about it. Um, they they were not having a fun time against Julio Urias. Dodgers end up winning 7-1 to one in that one. The Mariners only able to produce two hits on the day, uh, and they, they got one run in the fifth, uh, so it wasn't anything too upsetting. But then we get to the Cleveland Indians. Now, Cleveland Indians are kind of sneaky, underrated team. A lot of their hitting, not the best. Um, but I will say the thing that they have is just nasty, nasty, nasty pitching. Their pitching is usually super on par, uh, especially with the matchup they got going today we'll talk about. Um, but Cleveland Indians, first game, they beat us 4-2. Uh, to two. Uh, just because, you know, Gilbert, it was his debut. It was Kelnick's debut. Mm-hmm. A lot of people watching those ones. And Gilbert, maybe not looking the best. I know you texted me afterwards. He uh, was awful. Yeah, you can talk, you can talk <laughs> a little bit about that because uh, I'll get into it a little after. What were your first impressions on Kelnick and Gilbert when they came out? So, very funny because um, I watched a little bit of the game. I was actually doing homework that night, so I was not able to watch the entire game. But I caught the beginning of the first up until like probably like the end of the fourth is when I stopped watching. But Kelnick was leadoff hitter, and he just he just couldn't get a hit. He could not get a hit, and I just I was remember like I was on my seat. I was like, all right, this is the guy that's gonna come in and is gonna change this whole franchise. Like Mariner fans, diehard Mariner fans, like you and Austin have been telling everyone that like mm-hmm. this dude is gonna come in and just light the world, and he did awful in his debut. But then again. It's a debut. It's a debut for a reason. And I don't get why a lot of the Mariners fans, like, I mean, I'm I'm going to fall into this line because literally the next day on the news show, Will and I were just roasting the heck out of Kelnick and uh, Gilbert. We were talking like, God, what are we going to do? Is it time to freak out? Like, you know how Will is. So, yeah, you know, yeah. like, I was like, let's give it some time. Give it some time. It's his debut. Did he do awesome? No, of course not. You know, he's probably a little nervous, you know, but I guess... People were kind of upset about that, but I did see Gilbert. Um, he got the most heat out of the debut, like yeah. more than Kelnick. Um, probably because he's a pitcher. I feel like pitching is a lot easier to critique than just critiquing someone's batting. You know, like you you're not a professional baseball hitter, so it's hard to critique someone on their batting skills. But pitching, you see someone pitch, and it's kind of like you're getting mad at the quarterback, right? When you're watching mm-hmm. a football game, or if you're getting mad at a point guard for com- committing too many turnovers, like. You, people got mad. Like, I saw a ton of Mariners fans just, like, bashing Gilbert, like, saying, like, four innings, that's it, bro. We sold the farm for you, and you only lasted four innings in your debut. But, like, I don't know. I feel like you understand a little bit more than me, but I like to say, like, just give the dude a little bit of chance, you know. He's going to take some time to develop, so. Yeah, so um, I did want to talk real fast about, like, the expectations. I know if you're if you like have been listening to us and we told you to watch the Mariners game and you watch that first one and you're like, wait, what? What are they? What, I don't understand. Like they should be, they should be doing better than this. Um, or if you just like picked it up this season and you don't really know how the prospects work, it's gonna take some time. It really is. Like the exciting part wasn't necessarily to see them dominate on their first thing. And I know it's easy to doubt them. Like especially in football. Like 
if, or if you watch football or basketball, these players, they come into the league and they are ready. Mm-hmm. But the reason baseball is different is because baseball is a slow, slow process. So, yeah, you can get the guy who comes in and on his first uh, his first game, he's just popping off. Like Kyle Lewis, when he first came up, his first uh, hit in the MLB was a home run. And then the next two games after that, he had a home run in them. Like yeah. he, he seemed, everyone was watching and they're like, okay, wait, 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 what's going on with this guy? Some <laughs> guys just don't do that. Yeah. Um, and like to put an example to that, Shane Bieber, who is ironically the Indians pitcher, um, in his first, uh, or he just won a Cy Young last year. Yeah. He just won a Cy Young. A very good pitcher. Um, I'll talk about, I'll, I want to compare his first game and Logan Gilbert. So Logan Gilbert, four innings pitched. He had five hits, four earned runs, and five strikeouts. That's like... Yeah, everyone looks and they're like, eh, that's not that good. Shane Bieber, reigning Cy Young winner, mm-hmm. uh, in his first game, pitched five innings. He gave up four runs that were all earned. He gave up eight hits, and he struck out six. So he had one more strikeout, one more inning, but he gave up three more hits uh, than Logan Gilbert. Like, Sounds pretty similar if to you me. Were to, yeah. If you were to look at, at Bieber's first game and you were to say, I'm going to judge the rest of his career off this. You would have never said this man is winning a Cy Young. Absolutely. You would have never said that this guy is going to be awesome. And the reason I'm focusing on Gilbert right now is because uh, next this next game uh, kind of removed doubts for Kelnick. But, um, yeah, with Gilbert, I say just give it a time. You're only, you're only going to see him, like, once a week. Yeah. Just because of the way the pitching rotation works. You're going to see him, like, once a week, maybe twice if you line him up on the right time. So, uh, yeah, just have some patience with him. I'm sure he's going to be just fine uh not saying he's going to be a Cy Young winner but he just has to be a good piece in this rotation and we just need one or like two of the really good or two of the prospects or whoever we have right now to like step up in the future so uh he's a good definitely looking like he'll be a good piece um but then I wanted to get to the next game so the Mariners won the f- or lost the first game four to two, and then all of a sudden they had an offensive explosion. They win seven to three against the Indians, uh, and this was the game that if you had gone to Kelnick's opening night, you would have really, really hoped for this. Uh, did you catch uh, the highlights of this game, or did you catch this game at all? I did catch the highlights. I did not. I was not able to watch this game. Uh, I was too busy playing MLB the Show instead. <laughs> <laughs> so I did catch the highlights though. But um, yeah, with Kelnick, uh, did you see what? What did you see from his at bats? Like, were you like impressed? Did it remove all the doubts for you after the first night going one, over one thousand percent? A thousand percent. That leadoff home run. I think it was the first of the night, right? It was was it his first? Hit it was. At- it was his very first hit. Yes. Um, it wasn't his first at bat. He had a really weird strikeout. Um, in the first at bat, okay. but then uh, after that, just yeah. he, he went four for three. Like he came in and he hit the nastiest home run I've ever seen from a twenty-one-year-old dude. Mm-hmm. It was sexy. He had the swagger as he was walking around the base. Like I like this dude, bro. He he's nice. That's why. Okay, it's funny because the day before, like before that game where he popped up, like on his debut day. Will and I, like I said, we were talking smack about Kelnick. We were we were actually calling him Kelenic because you know it's, it looks <laughs> yeah. like Kelenic. It looks like Kalenic. But People say Kelnick, so I was like, "Yeah, dude, I'm gonna keep calling you Kelenic until you can actually hit a home run." Like I literally called him <laughs> out, and the next game he makes me shut up and hits the nastiest thing I've ever mm-hmm. seen. So shout out to you, Kelnick. I'm pronouncing your name not right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he uh, when when he made contact with that hit. It was one of those ones where you hear the sound and like everyone who was sitting down in my living room, we all looked at each other, just like mouths open. Like we were like, 
oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. And because uh, you just knew. You knew the second it connected that that one was gone. So his first hit was a home run, and then he followed it up, by the way, with two doubles. Like, uh, Mets fans, because uh, Mariners traded uh, for Kelnick. Uh, from the Mets, Mets fans were probably pretty sad during that game. Yeah, uh, because you because <laughs> you just see this kid <laughs> who you could have on your team this year. Yeah, um, and he's him. he's absolutely popping off, and that's uh that's super duper nice to see. But exactly. then the next game, um, so we won that game three to seven. We won the next game three to seven, uh, which was also a good surprise. Um, and Jared Kalenic or Kelnick. Five or uh, five at bats, zero hits. So, like he's he's been a little bit off and on. Um, but Mariners still coming together, uh, able to produce some wins. We've had a we've had a lot of success when it comes to uh, our bats just randomly heating up and then yeah. cooling down, then heating up, then cooling down. But um, we do have some uh, other Mariners news that uh, if you've been paying attention to any of the minor league stuff, Taylor Trammell, who was the guy that we got from the Dodgers, he got sent back down. And uh, I implore you to check out his minor league stats because I'm pretty sure at this point he's something like, uh, what, like 13 for 15 on at-bats over like three games and he's hit like two or three home runs. What the heck? Yeah, dude, dude, Trammell Trammell can't hit in the majors, but then he goes down to the Rainiers and all of a sudden he's dominant. He's dominant. So, um, yeah, he's definitely someone uh, to take a look at. But uh, in the majors... Uh, we'll go over players to look at. I know you had uh, yours to watch for the week. Did you want to start with him? Sure. I will start with my Robin teammate in MLB, the show. I got dr- <laughs> I, I'm on the Texas Rangers right now for my guy, and this guy behind me has the second most home runs on my team. I'm going to mispronounce the names. you got to help me. It's Isaiah Kinner. Kiner. Kiner. Fa- Falefa. Falefa? Yeah, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa from the Texas Rangers. Like, this dude, at least I have not gotten a chance to watch him, like, in, you know, in person, like, on TV. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, he's tied for fourth in the league in hits with 48. So, like, hey, man, the dude's having a solid season. And at least in my MLB, the show... He, he's on fire. Like, I feel like <laughs> I I think, okay, this I'm getting way off topic, but I just got to sh- tell you guys because I have, like, probably, like, I think we've played 45 games and I have 26 home runs in the, in the season. So I, I'm kind of nice. Don't, you know, just hitting on rookie. <laughs> huh? No, I'm actually on veteran. I'm not that good, though. Oh, <laughs> so okay, okay, I'm okay. not on the highest one. I'm not yeah, on rookie yeah, yeah, either. Yeah. I'm on veteran. So, and this guy behind me has 19. So, Ooh. yeah, we're on fire right now. So sh- this guy's cool. I'm going to catch him in this game. So, Hey, if he pops out, uh, pops up anytime at all, just remember his name. All I, right. I call yeah, him. Yeah, he, uh, I mean, in the most recent series against us, uh, basically him and Joey Gallo just carried them, like willed them to beat the Mariners, and they were just producing hit after hit, run after run. Um, and Isaiah Kanafalefa, definitely, uh, probably, a, like a really, really, really talented player, just stuck on a not very good team. So yeah. it could be interesting to see if they decide to move him. Um, I don't know if the Rangers realize that they're not a good team yet, but we'll see. Um, we'll see coming up to the trade deadline. Um, but my guy uh, that I have to give a shout-out to, I'm kind of cheating on this one, but I don't know if people realize, Mitch Hanniger. I'm going Mitch Hanniger on this one. Ah, and, yeah. And people are like, oh, like the Mariners. Like, if you think of the face of the Mariners, a lot of people might be like, oh, maybe Kyle Seeger because he's been doing a lot. Or maybe Kyle Lewis. Kyle Lewis, yeah. But Mitch Hanniger. Man, my man ain't getting no love because I swear I have not heard the fact that he has 12 home runs on the season and that he is currently tied with Acuna. 
for the league lead. Mm-hmm. I have not heard any of that. I I'm have not. not I. Like, the only thing I've seen from him is his gold glove level play in the outfield. Like, <laughs> this man is putting up, like, absolute numbers, and no one's really paying attention to him. So, um, I think that Mitch Hanniger's got to be my guy. I think in the last six games, he's hit, like, four home runs. Jeez. So, he's definitely had, like, a nice little streak. I don't know if it'll continue, but if it does, that's nice. Okay, um, I'll yeah. see you, fam. But hey. I, would say, uh, I would say give him a look. Give him a little checkout, because... Uh, on the Mariners, like he has the potential to be the face, uh, and whether or not he's playing well to get traded for a lot, or whether or not he's playing well to you know uh, just stick around on the Mariners has yet to be seen. So, it's interesting. So you keep saying the face of the Mariners, and I'm actually thinking like, who will be the face of the Mariners? You know? Yeah. Like, I feel like Haneker. I just don't see it. Yeah, uh, so I see Kelnick. Okay, I see yeah, Kyle yeah, yeah. Lewis. It's funny because this is a oh, we're going off topic. Again, no, no, no. That's, wanna, it's yeah. a good. It's a good point because yeah. I think when you think of a when you think of the face of the Mariners, like it's got to be someone like a, a Mike Trout, where you're like, this is an MVP candidate. And exactly. is Hanniger like that MVP guy? Probably not. Probably not. I see more potential when it comes to like Kyle Lewis or when it comes to uh, to like Kelnick. Kelnick. You look at Kelnick right now, and you're like, you w- look at him, and you're like. This guy looks like he's meant to play baseball. Oh, yeah. He is born to be that dude. He's got confidence and he's got swagger. I like it. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love his off, like his, the way he just carries himself as a hitter. So I can see Kelnick actually as the player of our franchise. And, like, mm-hmm. honestly, by the end of this year, maybe, because if he pops off for the rest of the year, you know, people are going to be hyping on that bandwagon. So yeah, you really have, bandwagon. like, one of the most hyped prospects in Mariners history, like, one of them. Uh, and then you also, on top of that, have the reigning rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. So uh, this team has a lot of pieces that like could be the face, but honestly, it may not just be one guy. Like you look at a team like the Angels, and yeah, they have a Mike Trout, but like <laughs> they got a Shohei. <laughs> they too. have they have like a Shohei, and like Shohei's good, but they're also like bottom of the division right now. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're not doing too well. So sometimes it's more than just having one guy. And maybe Mitch is that one of those guys that sticks around, but also I've talked to Austin about this one where maybe he's not, but maybe they just keep him around because he's the guy that everyone seems to be rallying behind. And uh, I was talking to one of my roommates and he said, "You know what? It's really weird because every time I watch these games, it seems like Mitch Hanniger's the one that that's guiding us to wins, mm-hmm. but you look at the team and it doesn't feel like it's his team." Even though he's the one that's doing it, so yeah. I would I would pay a little bit of attention to him. He's the one that uh, I'm watching when I'm watching Mariners games, and I definitely think you should uh, give him a look. Uh, in terms of the Mariners game today, uh, they're going to be playing, I believe, at 110. So if you want to check them out, uh, you can absolutely do that. They're going to be wrapping up their game against the Indians, and uh, Shane Bieber is going to be their pitcher, oh, I believe, God. this time. So yeah, oh, it's no. uh, <laughs> oh, it's no. going to be a tough one. But <laughs> luckily, we're we're ahead in the series two to one, so we can tie the series two to two if we do lose. <laughs> but best case scenario, we win three one, bro, which would be hype. Shane Bieber is tied for first in strikeouts, man. Yeah. He oh got, yeah. Yeah. He's he's got eighty five <laughs> strikeouts on he's, the season. <laughs> he really is no joke. <laughs> like he's he's so. a very very good pitcher. Um. So I'm. Not expe- I'm expecting this to be kind of like a Julio Urias game, you know? Oh yeah. Where uh, we're we're just putting up runs, maybe like. Uh, but I think Julio Urias in two games against us has a notched a total of three hits, where he doesn't. He is. We've only gotten three hits against him. So um, yeah, he's uh, Shane Bieber might be yeah. kind of the same story. Urias circles us when he sees us on the schedule. Yeah, like, he circles <laughs> like yes. He's like he's like time to pad my. I want I want I want to start that game. Like he circles it. He he knows when he plays the Mariners. You know so. <laughs> All right, so now let's take a quick look. We are at the quarter mark in this last ten minutes. I want to talk. We're at the quarter mark in the MLB season, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I want to give a quick glance at some of the stuff that were or some of the teams that were like, man, they're doing a lot better than I expected. Maybe some of the ones that uh, might not be doing so well. Um, what are what team has surprised you in a good way in the MLB? OK, so I want to say I um, the first team that kind of surprised me, uh, not really, though, because I predicted they'd be good uh, going into this year when we did that show with Austin. It's the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays are they surprised me because they're actually good. <laughs> like I ex- didn't I didn't expect them to be solid in their division and I think you told me like it's one of the toughest divisions too. It's a pretty hard one like when you the, look at yeah, it. Yeah, so the AL East, you know, we got the Sox, the Yankees, the Rays, you know, the Orioles aren't that good, but those other three teams are very good and I'm very surprised that the Blue Jays are actually good this year. Obviously they got Guerrero, Vladdy Boy, like he's going off, he's having a great year uh hitting the ball. So I really like that. Shout out to the Blue Jays. Y'all are doing fire. And then my other team that just kind of threw me for a loop. So as you know, I love the West Coast. I love San Fran. I love California. I'm, the, I'm a big Niners fan. So uh, seeing the Giants be number mm-hmm. one in their division. By the way, their division has the San Diego Padres and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Definitely the most top-heavy division in baseball. Exactly. <laughs> and they are still the number one seed in their division 23 and 16 that's shocking so i mean buster posey you said was having Mm -hmm. a has been having a phenomenal season as a catcher by the Mm -hmm. way so yeah the giants are definitely shocking me especially in a division with the dodgers and the padres so yep um i i like those i like those a lot um i think that they're kind of the big surprise teams now i'm gonna go same division you said blue jays uh i think that because when you look i'll give an al and an nl team when you look at the al um athletics leading that's like unfortunately kind of what i expected i think that they're probably going to go 600 again and they're probably gonna hold the division white Sox and indians they're like they're doing really good their division is really bad you got the tigers and the twins mm-hmm. um so honestly like the white Sox holding on there even with the injury to Luis robert is not that big of a shock um but i have to go red Sox. I don't think anyone really expected the Red Sox to be doing as well as they have been. Um, they've definitely had a lot of benefit from having some star power, um, and they've had some pretty good schedule. But uh, J.D. Martinez and Xander Bogarts are both, I believe, leading the league one and two in hits. Yeah, they are. They're So, like, they've got a lot of juice when it comes to what they're doing. Like, the, the Red Sox, all of a sudden surprising um, and just – Playing, playing pretty nicely. They've uh, dismantled the Angels, which I guess isn't really that hard to do. But um, like right now, they're they're sitting at the top over teams like the Yankees. And the Yankees didn't start off too hot, but you got the Yankees, the Jays, and the Rays. Like you have the reigning uh, uh, AL champions. You have the Blue Jays, who are a nice team who just added some more pieces, like Marcus Simeon. And uh, the Yankees, who are on their way up, and you're still maintaining that. So good job for Boston um, staying at the top there. And yeah. my other surprise team, for me, uh, I, re- I said I wanted them to do well. I didn't expect them to like be doing as hot as they are, <laughs> but it's the Mets. Oh. The Mets have been a big, big shock for me. And I think a lot of it has to do, like a good portion of it has to do with their batting. Like they, Their bats have been like kind of nice. But a lot of it has to do with their pitching. I was going to say, dude, I don't know about their batting, but their bullpen. Yeah, their, yeah. Batting, their batting's been nice. 
Um, and you look at their you look at their starting pitchers. Jacob Degrom sitting at number one in the league right now, point six eight ERA still. By the way, yeah. like <laughs> if he keeps that up, guaranteed MVP. Um, but he's he's been super hot. And then also they have Marcus Stroman, who's number nine in uh, ERA right now. And then on top of that, Taiwan Walker, ex Mariner, uh, who got traded to the Blue Jays last year, he ended up signing with them in the offseason, and now he's the thirteenth pitcher. Like they have the one, the nine, and the thirteen. They have three top fives, or top fifteens, and it's just, it's Ridiculous. crazy to me. Their pitching has been absolutely going off, and yeah. not a lot of other teams have had that sort of opportunity. So, uh, like San Francisco's been doing all right. Um, you have like Kevin Gossman and uh, Anthony Disclafani or whatever, um, but no teams are pitching like the Mets right now. And I think that they're going to be a team that's able to hold their division, even though they have a, they have some, a few less games because of some COVID protocol games, but um, yeah, Phillies, Braves, Marlins, Nats. Imagine going through that division and coming up on top. Cause I think genuinely top to bottom, that is the toughest division in all so? of baseball. Yeah. Um, I, w- I would have to agree with you. I mean, the Braves and nationals, obviously we know those teams are very good. Mm-hmm. Um, Phillies, Phillies got some up and coming guys. And then, you know, Marlins, they got your boy. Yeah, when so. you have the Nationals and the like the worst team in your division right now is probably the Nationals. And the Nationals have Juan Soto, like they they have a, like a pretty stacked team. And then in the Braves like you have you're facing Acuña and the reigning MVP and Freeman. Yeah. You know, like you it's not an easy it's not an easy division and like sure. um I think the Mets like sneaky going to be probably one of the teams to beat when it comes to uh, the playoffs because I, I think agree. I think they're probably going to be a little bit lower seeded. Um, I think that a team like the Cardinals is going to sneak by with a higher seed because of their wins, and then uh, Padres Dodgers are probably going to be in there. Um, but I think the Mets are going to have a lower one because their their division just cannibalizes each other, and it's going to be tough. Yeah. Um, but now we'll talk real fast while we have like a like five minutes left or something on the MLB. What team? has disappointed you the most or at least what team did you think was going to be a lot better going in that's just like not great all right um let's see i i'm okay if i'm going with a team that disappointed me i guess i'll go with the royals because i've seen the i mean in the past um i've seen the kansas city royals um they're always playoff bound they've they've been good for like a long time Mm -hmm. so i don't know if anything happened to them in the offseason or all that stuff i didn't pay attention to that but they're surprisingly only third in their division right now. And I remember last year, or not last year, a couple of years ago, they went World Series. I think they won the World Series not that long ago. So I feel like I've always seen them in the spotlight somewhere in MLB. And they're not doing so hot this year. So that's for the AL. As far as the NL, I guess I'll go Padres. Because I expected yeah. the Padres just to be on fire this year after Tatis had an amazing year. So I don't know. He's been injury prone just a little bit. So maybe that's why Machado... Off to a not that hard of a start, I see, after I gave him and Tatis all that praise <laughs> before we went into the season. Both of those guys have been cold. So, I mean, yep. Tatis, giving him, I'm giving him a reason because he's hurt, hurt. But Machado has been cold as of late. So those two teams definitely have been disappointing to me. Yeah, for, my, uh, for mine, I'll start in the NL. Uh, I, when it comes to looking at the NL teams, I think the team that – I mean, the Cubs are a pretty big disappointment, honestly. But um, I think the team that – I have to go with the Padres as well. I know it's kind of boring. Uh, no, you know what? I won't do that. I'll go with the Braves because <laughs> the Mets are winning that division. 
But the Braves, dude, I, I expected so much more out of them. I expected them to run away with it, especially when you have Acuna performing at an MVP level pace. Exactly. Like, I want to see more from that team, but they're two games back in the division. Like, dude, uh, I think the Braves got to step it up a big amount because uh, they're they're not only trailing the Mets, they're trailing the Phillies, too. And Bryce Harper can't will that team to the playoffs. Like, uh, I don't... I'm I'm kind of annoyed by that one, but I do think that the Mets are going to end up beating them out if the Braves can't pick it up. And then on the other side, when you look at the AL, the Angels are mine. Because, dude, <laughs> talk about teams with MVP candidates once again that are not winning. Yeah. And not only do they have one MVP candidate, they have two. They have two. They have <laughs> two. You, there, there should be no excuse. Like yeah. I know your pitching's not that good, but you have Mike Trout. You have Shohei Otani, you have Anthony Rendon, and then uh, who, Jared Walsh. Yeah, Walsh, who's your rookie who just came up and is just blowing the doors off people. You're you have a terrifying like lineup. You got a solid lineup, and dude. then you're also paying a ton of money to Upton. Like you yeah. should you should be getting a good like you should be getting good results. But instead, you're sitting below the Rangers in an AL West, and you're six and a half games back. Six and a half games back. You're you're like uh what two and a half games or two games behind the Mariners? Yeah. Like bro, it's bro, you have more star <laughs> power. You should be getting it done. But they can't pitch. They don't have any sort of bullpen. And honestly, like they, uh, I guess like Trout's been a uh, slumping lately. Like legitimately, he's been in a slump. But you can't depend on having one player carry you because in baseball. Over 162 games, one player cannot carry you to the playoffs. And I think that they've just thought for a long time that it's going to, maybe even two or three players. But it's not working. It's they're, not working. Yeah, they were trying to ride behind Shohei and Trout. After how they started, and as of late, they have not been that hot. Hey, man, maybe they need to bring Shohei back to the mount. Like, maybe he needs to start pitching. He's the designated hitter as of late. Like, yeah. he, I haven't seen him pitch, I want to say, in a long time. Like, he's been a hitter for them for a while now. So maybe they bring him back to the bullpen, let him pitch, because when he pitched, he had 10 strikeouts. want to point out, because Otani's my boy. I invested in him. So, yeah. you know, like, I, I agree. The Angels are so disappointing. Yeah, it's it's definitely been uh, it's definitely been something that's been rough. Uh, I've been kind of sad to see him. Last time, I'm trying to find last time Otani pitched. Uh, I think it was like four days ago. I want to say yeah, something like that. I think he, uh, <laughs> I think he pitched and then uh, like immediately went and uh, batted lead off the next day, which is why he's special. But I think he's gonna be demanding out, um, basically when when his contract's up because this this front office has not shown any sort of motivation to win or get to the playoffs. <laughs> and it's it's super sad. Um, I'm hoping that they can pick it up just because I want them to win and I want Trout to win before uh, before the Mariners like go up. Yeah. But and I want that rivalry to exist. But as of right now it's <laughs> it's not a rivalry because <laughs> the Mariners who have been historically one of the worst teams, uh, they're beating them in the division. They're yeah, beating dude. them in the division. Imagine a Shohei and Kikuchi battle like I and then like a Kelnick and Trout, like yeah. I don't know, just that rivalry would be so cool. Yeah. I I agree, man. <laughs> All right, well, uh, we're gonna take a quick break here on the bench warmers, but when we come back, we're gonna be talking some NBA. So if you don't know NBA, don't worry because that's what this segment's gonna be about. We got you covered. <laughs> I know NBA about as much as. Uh, like the dumpster behind a Wendy's. So we'll figure we'll figure all that out. Cody's going to be talking to us and guiding us into that one. So, uh, yeah, 
You're listening to the Bench Warmers here on 88 Won the Bird. Make sure you stick around. We'll get you all the stuff you need to know primed for the playoffs. We're back with your favorite Bench Warmers here on 88 Won the Bird, your music central. Yo, 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 what is going on, everyone? It's your boy Cody here, and welcome back to the Bench Warmers here on 88 Won the Berg. I am joined by my fabulous co-host, Mr. Kajal Lang. What is up, Kajal Lang? All right, Kajal. It is time to get into my favorite time, or my favorite sports world, uh, the NBA. So, Kajal, I know you're not the biggest guy in NBA, so I want Mm -hmm. to ask you a question. Yeah. If you had to predict the championship right now from the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference, like the finals prediction right now, two teams, go. Uh, the Lakers and the Seattle Supersonics. Okay, well, the Seattle Supersonics don't even exist, oh, so... okay, okay. Okay, so, uh, uh... I wasn't aware of this. When did that happen? Uh, like, a long time ago. Maybe, like, uh, uh like a decade ago. Okay, okay. So you're kind of... Uh, you're, you're just a little, <laughs> a little behind. Just oof. a little behind. But it's all good, because okay, okay, okay. if I can teach KJ about the NBA, I can teach anyone. So, <laughs> let's just get right into it. So, the last couple games of the NBA are tonight, and I want to just get right into the biggest game that people actually care about because a lot of teams are just resting their players, getting them ready for the playoffs. So, the Blazers are Portland Trail Blazers and the Los Angeles Lakers. Finals favorite, Los Angeles Lakers. They are t- they're tied right now for the sixth seed. They're both 41 and 30. And they both play games tonight. So basically, the Blazers need to win, and the Lakers need to lose for the Blazers to avoid the play-in tournament coming up on the 18th, which is in a couple of days. So the Blazers are taking on the Denver Nuggets tonight, who I believe they are resting Nikola Jokic. So that might be a good some good news for Blazer fans. They are resting Nikola Jokic. He is uh, their star player right now. He is the MVP front runner. He's a big man, center, really good player. So they're they're resting him, and it looks like Michael Porter Jr. and like Will Barton will do a lot of the carrying for that team. Blazers obviously are not resting anyone. They're gonna mm-hmm. bring out Lillard, bring out McCollum. They want to win this game because the play-in tournament uh, is between the seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth seed. So we're gonna get into that a lot later. So the Lakers do hold the tiebreaker against the Blazers because they I think they beat them two to one in the series in the regular season. So very, very important win for the Blazers tonight, Cajel. Um what do you think, man? Well, <laughs> I have a question real fast. Um when it comes to records, they're both forty one and thirty, right? Mm-hmm. So you said Blazers have to win, Lakers have to lose. If, yes. the, if the Blazers are to make it over the Lakers. Yes. Why so, is that? So basically, so since they're tied, they're both 41 and, thir- uh, 41 and 30. How the NBA does it, um, you play um, like almost every team. Like I, f- I believe in a full 82-game season, okay. you play every team at least four times. So the season was shrunk down, I think, to like 70-ish games this year. It's not the full 82. So the Blazers, in the series with the Lakers in the regular season, lost um, two out of the three games. So the Lakers hold that series two to one, if that makes okay. sense. So the only way for the Blazers to avoid the play-in tournament is for the Lakers to lose. And I have to add, LeBron is playing tonight. He is coming back for the final game, teaming up with Anthony Davis, and is playing in his final game. And I believe they're playing the Pelicans. So okay. that'll be interesting because Zion and uh, or Zion is will be playing. Ingram, however, Ooh. their second best player, will not be playing. So. Lakers actually might win this game, and if they win, Blazers are going to be in the play-in tournament. So. You're telling me we get to watch Zion, LeBron for 
their chance to like not have to go through the play-in. Yeah. That's actually super hype. Yeah, wow, wow, exactly. Wow, wow, wow. But here's the thing that kind of sucks, though. Like, like I said, so the thing with the NBA is that a lot of fans know that it's become the whole um, super team, you yeah. know, era. Like, if you, whoever has the most stars on their team, that's the team people are expecting to win. That's the team people are actually, like, paying attention to. And that's the team the media is going to focus on because, you know, they got all those stars. They got so much to say. So the fact that the Lakers only have two stars or they have their two stars back versus the Pelicans have, a, like, a, a borderline star. Not everyone would consider Zion a star. Mm-hmm. So... It's going to be an interesting game for sure. I know Zion wants that win. He wants to help out, the, uh, obviously, the Blazers, you know. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting between that game. So that is literally, I want to say, the only important game to watch tonight, uh, those two games. As we get into the playoffs, um, basically all the seeds have been, you know, published and everything. So I'm just going to get right into it very shortly. The number one seed for the Western Conference is the Utah Jazz. They hold that seed 51-20, and 20, and the Suns. Nuggets, Clippers, Mavericks. So those five teams have clinched a spot in the playoffs, will not be playing in the playing tournament for the Western Conference. And for the Eastern Conference, the Philadelphia Philadelphia 76ers, the Nets, Milwaukee Bucks, the New York Knicks. Yeah, I said it right. I said it right. The New York Knicks, the Ooh. Hawks, and the Heat uh, have clinched playoff berths. And uh, so it looks like the Eastern Conference playing tournament is already ready. So I say we just get right into it. So okay. how the play-in tournament works this year, it's a whole new thing. They started it last year at the bubble. Um, so the play-in tournament, I'm actually going to go into it real quick. So the re- a lot of people, are, a lot of diehard NBA fans are not a fan of the play-in tournament. They yeah, don't I like remember, it. I remember Will said he was not a big fan of it. Yeah, and honestly, I wasn't a big fan of it either, but I'm kind of I'm 50-50 now. So Commissioner Adam Silver was talking about how the reason the NBA, the play-in tournament kind of became a thing is to give more teams that like just missed the playoffs by a game or by two games, it gives them a chance to fight for their spot in the playoffs. And I think that's awesome. I love, you know, like competition. I love having like the final four teams face off because it kind of gives them an incentive to not rest all their star players during the regular season. Because that's what the NBA does a lot, like just like baseball, because it's such a long season. They rest their star so much. Like Kawhi, um, a couple years ago when he was on the Raptors, he sat out, I think, 40 games. Jeez. 40 games. And he still averaged like 30 points, like which is crazy, (laughs) you know. So um, and it brings down ratings like Adam Silver doesn't like that because it brings down ratings. It doesn't make fans want to watch anymore, like especially to imagine. Um, you bought a, like some Lakers tickets. You're so excited Ooh. to go to a Lakers game, and then you find out LeBron and AD are sitting that yeah, night. You know, that'd be rough. Like it sucks. It brings down ratings. So that's why the play-in tournament exists. You know, it gives teams incentives to care about the regular season and to avoid this, and it gives more teams that just missed the playoffs by one game. It gives them a chance to fight for their spot. So that's why I love the play-in tournament now because fans were asking for the longest time for the NBA to like extend to like um. Stop doing Eastern and Western conferences for the playoffs. Combine them and just do the top 16 teams. Like the one seed would face the 16 seed and like vice versa. So that's why the play-in tournament exists. So for the Eastern Conference, the play-in tournament will consist of the seven-seeded Boston Celtics taking on the 10th-seeded Indiana Pacers, the eighth-seeded Hornets taking on the ninth-seeded Washington Wizards. Now, I want to talk about the Hornets and the Wizards real quick because these are two teams that going into this season were not expected to be 
anywhere near the playoff hunt. They are expected mm-hmm. to be the bottom seed in the Eastern Conference. So shout out to these two teams for at least making it. Hornets, obviously, led by a potential rookie of the year, LaMelo Ball. And the Wizards, led by Russell Westbrook, Bradley, Be- Bradley Beal, my guy, Rui Hachimura. So, Kajol, uh <laughs> I've been talking a lot. So, I want to get your thoughts and insight on the playing tournament as a general and just on this these Eastern Conference matchups we got going on. So, it's funny because I, uh, I look at the playing tournament um, on both sides. When you look at the Western Conference... Uh, you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, that looks kind of cool. Then you go to the Eastern Conference, and you notice the Celtics of the four teams are the only team that's above 500, and that's barely. Mm-hmm. It's barely. So you have three teams sneaking by at 465. Like, I, I can understand why some people don't like the the playoffs. Like, if you look or at, like, the play-in tournament. But I do think that um, the reason I do kind of like it and the argument I've made is you get to see teams that are on their way up or on their way down um, be able to still compete and, like, make one last run or one first run. So you got, like, the Hornets. Like, no one no one really expected them, like you said. But LaMelo Ball is uh, – he's nice. Yeah, he, <laughs> he's kind of nice. He's pretty nice. Um, <laughs> and then meanwhile, for the Wizards, like uh, – it sounds like they have a lot of talent, at least, uh, when you got, like, Westbrook, Beal, like, whoever. Um, so it would be kind of a shame to not see those guys, like, at least getting <laughs> some sort of shot in the playoffs. So, um, I don't know. I'm kind of torn because, like I said, these teams are bad. These teams are not good if you look at win percentage. But, you know, you get to see a few more stars in the playoffs than you maybe would have if we didn't have these four extra teams in each conference. Exactly. And the thing is so funny. You brought up records. So... Let's go back to our Portland Trailblazers. They yeah. are 41 and 30. This is just, just this just shows the difference between the Western and Eastern Conference. If the Trailblazers were in the Eastern Conference, they'd be the fourth seed right now and would not have to worry <laughs> about the play-in tournament. Sick. But they're 41 and 30, and the Western Conference is so tough that they're the sixth seed. Yeah. So it's interesting when you look at that. I mean, the Wizards were not expected to be good at all all this year I'm telling you like I think they signed Westbrook literally so they could tank Mm -hmm. because Western or Westbrook was there to um obviously help Bradley Beal so he doesn't get pissed off and leave next year yeah because he's a free agent this summer so he's there to kind of bring them a little bit like of a sustainability bring them some culture like bring the fans like some give the fans something like a show for their final year in case Bradley Beal decides to leave them you know so I think it's very interesting. I'm excited for the playing tournament. So let's just get into the Western side real quick. This one is this one fascinates tournament. me when you look at the teams that could be in it. So yeah. So obviously the Blazers and Lakers. They are um, one of those teams are going to be in it. Um, so I can do both scenarios. If the Blazers are in it, they'll be taking on the San Antonio Spurs. And no matter what, the Warriors will be taking on the Grizzlies. So I will be very excited to watch Steph Curry versus John Morant. You know, obviously the best point guard in the game versus an upcoming point guard who could potentially run the league in like four or five years. So that'll be a fun game to watch. And then obviously if the Lakers make the play in tournament, I can tell you right now, the media, Sports Center, Bleacher Report, ESPN, all those guys, they're going crazy. They are going crazy. They are coming up with content on the fly. They're going to start making up stuff about LeBron. Like, Everything is just going to go haywire, and I am here for it. So hopefully our Blazers make the six-seed, seven-seeded Lakers. I want you guys to play in the playing tournament. I just think also that would help LeBron's legacy if he can make it out of the playing tournament and still make it to the finals. Like, 
as a seven seed, like you really can't bash this dude's legacy at this point. So, okay, yeah, and like when I look at uh when I'm looking at the teams, the thing that I notice. So let's say I have not watched any sort of basketball for the past year. What? Why are the Why are the Warriors so low? Okay, so that's a very good question, KJ. So the Warriors, if you remember, um, obviously if you didn't watch basketball, they they had a dynasty for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of. I want. Oh, they didn't start it, but they revived it after LeBron did it with the Heat. But they brought back like the quadruple super team. Like mm-hmm. they brought it back, the four-headed monster of Clay, Steph, Draymond, and Kevin Durant. And uh, they went seventy-three and nine, best record. They obviously went three-peated or almost repeated. They won back to back. They won three out of five championships. And all of a sudden, after this past year, KD, Kevin Durant, one of the best players in the league decided to departure to the, the Brooklyn Nets yeah. you know, to form that super team with Harden and Irving. And so the Warriors are now left with Steph, Clay, and Draymond, which was the team they had before KD came, and they still won 65 games without those guys. But then the Warriors just got really unlucky, dude. They got really unlucky. Clay tore his ACL again after he tore it in the playoffs and was supposed to come back to this year like and have a great year with Steph. He tore his ACL again, missed the, regu- uh, missed the rest of the year, um, projected missed the rest of the year, and he's still out. Draymond uh, gets hurt in uh, the summer and misses the first few months. And Steph Curry is all alone with Kelly Oubre and Andrew Wiggins. Mm-hmm. You don't want those two guys if you're a fan <laughs> of the Warriors. Like, that's not a good big three right there. Andrew Wiggins, Kelly Oubre, and Steph Curry. Yeah. Like, unless you're going to a club and trying to pick up some girls, like, you don't want that trio right there. Not on yeah. the basketball court, you know? So, like, honestly... They're 38 and 33, and it's because of Steph Curry. Like, they were supposed to be lower than that. They were, at one point, the bottom. They were, like, um, 6 and 29, I want to say, like, for the longest time. Like, they were, they only had, like, single-digit wins and because Steph Curry got hurt. And Steph Curry came back and just grabbed that team, put it on his back. And that's the reason they're in the playing tournament. And if they didn't make the playing tournament, say they landed at the 6th seed or the 5th seed, Steph Curry would be another unanimous MVP. Like, mm-hmm. the dude was averaging, like, 38 points a game, 40 points a game, shooting, like, 58% from downtown, 49% from the field, and, like, 94% from the line, from the line, from the free throw line. So mm-hmm. the dude has been an absolute maniac. He is carrying that team right now, and that's why they're the playing tournament. Yeah, because what, I think what, what's upsetting is uh, you. I don't think there's any way that we're going to see LeBron go up against Curry again. I think that that was one of my favorite matchups uh, from the past, like, I don't know, 10 years was just being able to see LeBron take on the entire Warriors team, really, but uh, take on Curry. Uh, And I think that with the way that it's seeded out right now, that's not really going to be possible unless the Lakers and the Warriors both make crazy runs, but... I don't. I mean, I I really don't see the Warriors getting pa- getting out of the past the second round. I can see them getting mm-hmm. past the first round just because Steph's going to do a lot to carry that team. And after that, Steph's just going to get tired, dude. Like Clay's yeah. not so. But like the I saw the earliest Clay could come back is if they made it to the Western Conference Finals. Oof. So they're not making it there without Clay. So it it sucks. Curry's doing all he can, man. I feel so bad for him. Like if you mm-hmm. watch the Warriors play. Curry is literally getting triple teamed sometime. He'll pull up from the logo and he'll still splash it like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. Like he's I've heard doing he's just he like he's just putting up or trying to put up three after three after three because at that point like he figures he can just he can do it. He can put up the points that he needs to be able to carry the team and it's his best chance to yeah. do it because he's got like no real supporting cast. He can outshoot your 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 best your favorite team. Yeah. Like it depending depending on what you're what you're a team what you're a fan of, he could probably outshoot your favorite team. 
I want to say. Like, the only teams that he couldn't outshoot, I would probably say the Bucks he couldn't outshoot, the Jazz he couldn't outshoot, the Nuggets he couldn't outshoot. But other than that, I'd take Curry's, Curry versus the Sacramento Kings, like the Warriors versus the Sacramento Kings. He can outshoot that entire team. So it's insane what Curry can do for this team. Okay, so we've we've talked a little bit about the play-ins. Uh, I want to know if I – let's say I'm trying to jump in and bandwagon, right? Mm-hmm. Um and I'm picking from each of the conferences. Which team am I going to want to jump on? Okay, that's a, gr- that's a great question. So, obviously, the biggest team that people are jumping on right now is the Brooklyn Nets, blah, blah, blah. You know, because they have a three-headed superstar right now. They have Kevin Durant, James, and Kyrie Irving. So, But, Cody, they're the number two seed behind the Sixers. Exactly. You want to know why? Why? Because that the, that three-headed monster, I'm glad you brought this up because this is very interesting going into the playoffs. That three-headed monster has played a total of four games together. <laughs> oh, no. Like, it's either oh, two of no. them playing, one of them playing, or neither of them. The, the three-headed monster have not played together in, like, the longest time. Like, either Kyrie's missing for personal reasons, KD's got a leg injury, or Harden. He's still out, I think, with a hamstring or ankle injury. Like, he's still out. So, the three-headed monster have not played together. And the fact that they're still able to be a second seed, yeah. you know, like, it kind of goes to show two things. How weak the Eastern Conference is and just how amazing that trio is. So, that team is obviously a big team for people to bandwagon. But um, I'm, going, I'm going different here. So, for the Eastern Conference, a team I want everyone to look out for is... The Atlanta Hawks. What? I want... E- Hold on. Hear me out. Everyone look out for the Atlanta Hawks because here's the thing. Yes, they're in the Eastern Conference, but they're the fifth seed right now. They're the fifth seed, and like we were talking earlier with, like, you know, uh, Mitch Haneker hitting home runs and, like, no one talking about it. Trey Young, the point guard for the Atlanta Hawks, the guy who's, like, the face of the franchise, he's averaging, like, a solid 27 and, like, nine assists, four rebounds, like, shooting, like... 50% from the field, 88% from the line, and like 40-something from forty-something percent from three. And absolutely nobody is talking about him whatsoever. Danilo Gallinari, who has become a phenomenal six-man player for the Atlanta Hawks, no one's talking about him. Clint Capella is averaging a double-double for like the fifth year in a row. Yeah. No one's talking about him. Like, watch out for the Atlanta Hawks to, or either this playoff run. I mean, obviously they're not going to make it to the finals, but like, they're kind of a team that you can watch in the fi- in the playoffs, and like they could be coming up. Like it's teams to look for that could be coming up because obviously the Warriors in uh, 2015, that's when they had their miracle run, their Cinderella story run, because they were the seventh seed and they made it all the way to the Western Conference. Yeah. So watch out for the Atlanta Hawks. They're a solid team. They got Trey Young, who's really nice. Obviously the Celtics. I think the Celtics, um, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. They're going to be the best duo in the NBA, like, in the next five years. Like, that duo is going to be the best duo in the NBA. They're going to be better than whoever Giannis pairs up with. They're going to be better than whoever Zion pairs up with. Like, if it's Zion and uh, Ingram, they're already better than Zion and Ingram. Like, obviously, because yeah. Zion and Ingram are younger. But, like, that two, do- those two right there, they're both wing players. And they play the two guard and the small forward. Like, they're nice, man. Like, Tatum is nice, and Jalen Brown is nice. Like, the Celtics and the Hawks, two great teams to follow and bandwagon in the East for sure. And getting into the Western Conference. Wait a sec. Let's talk a, let's talk a little bit about uh, oh, yeah, East okay. for a sec let's because for uh, we do have a little bit of time. But, yeah, when, it came, when you said the Hawks, it kind of surprised me because I think the only guy I know on the Hawks is Bogdan Bogdanovich because, oh! it's, because it's a funny name. Hey, man. <laughs> but, 
He's a shooter. That oh, no, dude's he's, a he's shooter. Nice. And, like, looking, nice. looking at what they've been doing, like, I mean, they just were able to knock off the Bucks uh, the other night, mm-hmm. um, which was kind of nice. Uh, I mean, Giannis even put up something, like, still, like, 31 points and stuff. So. Yeah. Uh, do you think that the Bucks? Because uh, I would have probably guessed the Bucks if you're going for like an under the radar one. Um, the Bucks are definitely by far not an under the radar team. I, I mean, like I mean, like you, you're not you're not looking at the Nets and you're like, whoa, the Nets are going to be like the underdog kind of favorite. Like, yeah, you, you expect you would expect the Bucks to lose to probably um, the Nets in any game. You would probably expect them to lose to the Sixers. I could see the Bucks getting bounced in the first round. Yeah. Honestly, and if they play the Heat again, I could see him getting bounced in the first round. And why is that? Do you think that they're just being carried a little bit too hard by Giannis? Or no, what? it's just because so when regular season Giannis, he's amazing. Yeah, okay? because he can just bulldoze everyone and no one can stop him. But here's the thing in the playoffs. People know how to stop Giannis. It's so easy. So what you do <laughs> is you close him out on the three or you close him out when he gets to the paint. You double him once he gets to the paint. Once he pulls up on a three-point line, you leave him open. Because if he shoots it and makes it, you live with that. Most of the time, he's going to break it or he's going to airball it. Like, he's shooting a, a career, like, 19% from downtown. Like, he just started shooting threes consistently this year. I think he's actually hitting them. He's, like, 28 29%. So that's not bad. Yeah. Um, but Giannis is so easy to lock down in the playoffs, and, and teams are starting to do that. Like no one but does it better than the Miami Heat because okay. they have a potential defensive player of the year in Bam Adebayo, who plays perimeter defense like a guard. He's a center, by the way. He's a six <laughs> ten center, Oof. and he moves, shuffles his feet, and plays perimeter D like a guard. Like he traps um, Giannis. Like as soon as Giannis comes into the paint, him and Butler trap him. And they have Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero guarding the shooters. They are fine with letting Brooke Lopez shoot because, you know, they're, they're fine with that. He's a big man. He's a good shooter, but they're fine with letting him shoot. Yeah. So the thing is with Giannis, like, he just doesn't have that second man who can come in and take over. Because when, okay. once they start locking down Giannis in the playoffs, all of a sudden their second-hand guy, Chris Middleton, can't do, can't do jack. Like, he really can't. Like, he just disappears in the playoffs. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So, so um. That's uh, why I don't like the Bucks. So I, I don't like sound, the Bucks. If you want to sound smart, uh, go for go for the Hawks. They might go a little bit further than uh, than everyone else. <laughs> they're like. they're a team to look out for, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't say sounding smart. If you really really want to sound smart, tell your friends that you think the Miami Heat are gonna do what? well because <laughs> the Miami Heat, when it comes to playoff, Eric Spolstra is a different breed. Like he knows how to build a defensive scheme and he knows how to l- trap players because. His shooting, like scoring points, like they're not worried about that. What they're worried about is giving the opposing team's offense, like just making it a living nightmare. Like they have great perimeter defenders in Bam, Jimmy. Like these guys can lock up. And even Goran Dragic being 34, 33 years old, like he can still lock people up. And when Jimmy's getting double team, they got Tyler Harrow and Duncan Robinson in the corner that are hitting it every single time they're hitting it. So... The Miami Heat are a scary team when it comes to the playoffs. They never do well in the regular season, but when playoff time comes around, they got a different culture in that locker room with Eric Spolstra. So. All right, now let's move over to Western. Uh, let you give a look at that. Because I honestly like, didn't <laughs> even know the Jazz were a good team. We talked about that the other day, but like, yeah. I didn't know that they were so good. So the Jazz, it's funny because no one's talking about the Jazz, right? Yeah. Everyone, Some people are predicting them to be a sec- uh, first round out. Losing to the eight seeded Warriors, really? if that's what the if that Warriors actually claim the eight seed, that's what people are thinking. People are thinking first round out to the Warriors, Curry's going to dominate them. And honestly, I could see it 
because they don't have good perimeter defenders to guard Curry because I think Mike Conley is still hurt, I want to say. But if Mike Conley's playing, then probably they'll probably sweep the Warriors or win in five yeah. because Curry can't do it all by himself. But if Mike Conley's missing, that's going to be a huge X factor. They might take it to six, and the Warriors could win. So Jazz are a very surprising team. The Suns make the playoffs since the first time since the Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire era. So uh, that's a team to look out for. It's Devin Booker's... Um, first ever playoff run um, he's only 24 years old he's been a bright star on the Suns for the longest time as soon as he stepped in the league everyone around the league is happy for Booker so they're excited to watch him play obviously everyone wants to see what Luka does after last year's game winner against the Clippers that mm-hmm. pushed it to a game seven they eventually lost the series but like the fact that the Mavericks made it to game seven with with only Luka on their team like that just <laughs> shows how Luka how good Luka is yeah. so Definitely, if you want to bandwagon any team, I say the Mavericks, just because of Luka Doncic. Like, Luka Doncic is going to be the best player in the league next year. Or, like, whenever LeBron retires, he's going to be the best player in the league. It's either him or Giannis. So, the Mavericks for sure. But if you're going outside of playoffs, I'm very excited for this one because I keep talking about this guy with you, Cajal. So, if you really want to go outside the playoffs and you really want to bandwagon the team, come join me in being a Houston Rockets fan because uh, my guy... My boy, who I predicted was going to pop off uh, right before he popped off, Kevin Porter Jr., man. He missed the entire year last year. He was on the Cavs, and they sent him to the G League. Did not play a single game in the NBA. So this year, he's technically, technically a rookie. Um, He's not going to win Rookie of the Year, though, because he didn't play the entire year. He started playing like towards the end of the year. And this dude, man, the youngest player since LeBron James, only 20 years old, to drop a 50-piece. He dropped 52 points and 11 assists not that long ago. And uh, watch out for Kevin Porter Jr. on the Houston Rockets. So if you want to go outside the playoffs and root for a team that's in the lottery that could be good, the Houston Rockets, definitely, for sure. All right, before we keep this going, I'm going to play a quick legal. uh... KCWU Ellensburg, 88.1 The Berg, your music central. Find us on the iHeartRadio app. Yeah, you can find us on the iHeartRadio app yes, if you sir. want to keep listening and you're getting out of your car or whatever. But, uh, yeah, just had to drop that in there for legal purposes. But I did want to ask you about that Rockets pick because, like, legitimately you sound like a Mariners fan right now. <laughs> where, where, like, they are the last seeded. They are the last seeded team yep. in the conference. And you're like, yeah, no, I, I think that they're going to pop off. Uh, so it's just a lot of young talent for that one? I mean, because you look, I mean, the only young talent, I mean, not only, because they got Jay Sean Tate, who's playing really well. Mm-hmm. They got Kevin Porter, who's obviously that team's point. I hope, dude. That team, the Rockets, better better keep uh, Porter as the point guard for the future. And looking at it, like I said, they're the last team in, their, in the, um, they're the lowest ranked seed in the entire NBA in general at 17 and 54. So uh, they're going to get another lottery pick to match up with Kevin Porter, you know? So, like, they could get Cade. They can get Jalen Suggs to match up with Kevin mm-hmm. Porter. Get Evan Mobley to match up with Kevin Porter. Like, they're going to get a lottery pick to match up with Kevin Porter. So, watch. Like, it's I do sound like a Mariners fan now. Like, watch that team. They're going to get some young talent, and they're going to come in and just storm the league. Another young team that could do really well is the Oklahoma City Thunder with uh, Shea Gillages Alexander and Luke Dort, who just came out of nowhere. Moses Brown is really good. Like, mm-hmm. Just, just, re- just be ready, man. These teams that um, are in the Western Conference, like the Rockets and Thunder, they might, they might actually be a solid team next year. They just need some better coaching. That's it. Okay, team from the West, do you think is going to take it? 
team, oh, that I think's going to take it into the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. Oh, L.A. Lakers. Lakers? Okay. L.A. Lakers. You think the Lakers are going to come up from the bottom? Yes, They're sir. They're going to play through all the play-in stuff potentially. Yep. Okay. Yep, it's so going to be Lakers, Nets, and I got Lakers in six. Lakers, Nets? All right. I do like that. Um, I <laughs> Lakers Lakers are kind of intriguing. Um, I honestly just – I really want to see the Suns do well, but I'll probably go – I'll probably go Lakers, and then uh, let's just say the Sixers, just for fun. Just, just for, for fun? Hey, that's my, fine. My, on all my NBA knowledge, we're going <laughs> Lakers, Sixers. I think that would be a really fun matchup. Yeah, and one more thing before we uh, go into a quick break. I want to say uh, to look out for in the NBA playoffs. So, obviously, um, the Lakers and Nets are huge favorites. They're huge favorites. They're the two teams that everyone's predicting, predicting is going to go to the uh, NBA Finals. So, that's why a lot of people don't watch first round, second round, because they know who's going to win. But here's yep. the thing, guys. Look out for that upcoming team that could have a Cinderella story. It could be the Suns, it could be the Nuggets, it could be the Jazz, it could be Cajuls, uh, 76ers, it could be like <laughs> there's so many teams that could come up and make a second or uh, make an, and have a Cinderella story. So just be just be looking out for that and uh yeah, that's yeah, it. That's Sun all we got. Sixers would be my ideal playoffs. I think that would be super fun. That to would see, throw the league out of that the hall. Everyone the right would there. everyone would lose it. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, that's gonna wrap it up for talking about NBA. We uh, the NBA stuff start. Well, make sure you can catch tonight. We got the Lakers Blazers. Like we said, those are gonna be some important games. Um, and yeah, if you want to be able to talk NBA playoffs with your friends, it might be a good time to start doing it tonight and just get caught up. But hopefully, we were able to help you out a bit. But then uh, we are going to take a quick break here on the bench warmers, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about the NFL schedule. I know that that's caused a lot of excitement, especially when you know we're like three or four months out, and <laughs> we just want to get back into some NFL games with all the draft and stuff that's happened. So we'll t- we'll be talking about the most exciting games from each week that we're going to be putting on. Um, and yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys and tune in. But as of right now, you are listening to the Bench Warmers. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. Make sure you stick around so you can hear all that fun and or NFL talk and participate with us. But yeah, we'll see you in just a moment. We're back with your favorite Bench Warmers here on 88.1 The Bird, your music central. What is up, Ellensburg? How you guys doing? It's me, Cajal, joined here by... My name is K-O-D-Y, Cody Fox. Hey, what's going on, everybody? <laughs> and we are going to be getting into some of the NFL schedule stuff. Uh, we're going to be talking about our the games where probably, like, the one you are going to put on when that week happens. Like, uh, you're going to be sitting down in front of your TV, and when you look at the full list of what's happening, regardless of who your team is, the one you're going to want to be watching. But if you're piecing out right now because the Mariners are starting in three minutes, I totally understand. Uh, that'll be a fun game to watch as they wrap up against the Indians. Trust me, I wish I was going to be watching some of that too. But uh, we're going to be giving a listen to what's happening around uh, for our schedules. So let's just kick it off with week one. Um, Cody, I'll give you first pick on this one, and then we can alternate after that. Uh, but you get first pick. Which game, if first you're turning pick. it on, uh, is the one that you are going to want to be watching? Okay, so the first game, the first matchup that instantly catches my eye is the Minnesota Vikings versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay, now, okay. here's the thing. I want to see Burrow, Higgins, Chase, and Boyd, I mm. want to see that three-headed monster of receiving corp in action. So I want to see it. I also did not get a chance to watch uh, JJ as much as I wanted to last year. Justin Jefferson, wide receiver for the Vikings. If you guys don't know who that is. So uh, I'm very excited for this matchup. I just think that uh, a Burrow and a Chase versus a uh, 
Jefferson like matchup. Mm-hmm. That, that's going to be sick, dude. Like, yeah. I mean, two former teammates that he had are going to go off that day. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm excited, man. That's going to be a cool game. I didn't even think of that storyline. That's that's pretty hype. Come that's on, hype. man. That's your team. You're not excited? No, no, no. I know, I know about the Bengals. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we got to – well, also, not to mention, Thaddeus Moss is also going to – he's a Bengal now. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> there's going to be three of the four receivers that uh, – that were thrown to uh, in the national championship by Burrow. Mm-hmm. That's going to be crazy. Um, so I'm going to go with uh, AFC NFC matchup that I think a lot of people, if you looked at, if you look at it on the schedule, you're like, it's not that sexy, but you got to think of how fun this game's going to be. Panthers Jets, Panthers Jets. You might be like, what? Why? I mean, yeah, you get to see Zach Wilson for the first time. No, 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 no. You get to see Sam Darnold playing against his old team and the person that they replaced him with. For the very first game of his career. And it's going to be Zach Wilson, Sam Darnold, and this could be the big Jets made a mistake game. Yeah. You know it could be because you're going to be looking and you're going to be like, you could see the Jets uh, or you could see Zach Wilson fall apart. You could see Sam Darnold pop off or you could see a combination of the two. Yeah. And if that happens, you know that everyone's going to be tearing up the Jets for making a big mistake by letting Sam go because it was just the talent that was around him Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. I didn't even think about that. Mm -hmm. Headlines are going to go crazy if Wilson does terrible and Darnold pops off. And I think that that's going to be a fun 10 a.m. game. Like, honestly, there's... There are so many good games in that morning. Like, you have Chargers-Washington, where you have the offensive rookie against the defensive rookie. Like, the headlines, I think the NFL just created it um, so that they would have a lot to talk about in their first week. And it really is a good one. Yeah. And it makes me sad that, like, there are teams like the Packers-Saints, which people are probably going to want to watch more just because of the prestige of the two organizations. But now you're going to have a team like Panthers-Jets, and that one's going to be absolutely hype. I know I would want to say, like, Chiefs-Browns, but... Um, just the storyline for that one, especially in week one when the storyline kind of seems to matter a bit more than the matchups because we don't know what we're going to get. Yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a little bit better. But. It's, it's interesting because I guarantee on a year ago, exactly today, we would not be saying we're more excited for a Jets-Panthers matchup than a Green Bay Packers versus New Orleans Saints matchup. So yeah, absolutely. It's, <laughs> it's insane how far the league has come in just a year. You know, yeah. Freeze is gone. Rodgers could potentially be gone. So, yeah, it's funny. It's interesting. Um, And then we'll move on to week two. I think I get the first pick with this one. Now, this one's a little bit tough because there's a lot less juicy matchups. I would honestly rather just rewatch the week one games. (laughs) Um, But if I were to take a pick of all of them, I would say that I would like to see the 49ers Eagles the most. And I know it it might not seem like it's that crazy. Interesting. But uh, the reason I'm going 49ers Eagles is because – uh, I think that that might be not the f- – we probably won't see um, – what's his name? Uh, Lance? Your guys' is Lance. Lance, We won't yeah. see Lance you make won't, an You won't see Lance in week two. But uh, I am wow. very excited to see pr- potentially a healthy 49ers team again. We're going to see him in week one. But Ready to God. Hopefully a healthy 49ers team, and if Lance pops up, that's cool. But then we get to see Jalen Hurts with his new weapons with Devonta Smith. Mm-hmm and uh, just see what that team's capable of doing. I think that the Eagles are a very intriguing team, and this is going to be a, like the first good defense, I would assume, that uh, that Hurts is going to face because he starts with the Falcons, who are one of the worst. So <laughs> we get to see if Hurts is actually for real, um, and I'm not expecting him to win that game. But, you know, if he's, if he's the guy, if he's the one that Philly is about to bank on for the next 10 to 15 years – He's got to be able to put up some numbers against the 49ers. So I'm going to go Niners-Eagles for week two. That's a, that's a great pick, Cajun. You know, I, that wasn't my pick, surprisingly, because I know Jimmy's playing. So uh, yeah. 
Uh, my pick actually is going to be my rival team, and it's the. I want, I'm excited. I'm very, very, very excited to watch Derrick Henry just <laughs> pummel every single defensive player on the Seahawks. If I see Derrick Henry stiff on stiff arm blitz boy into the ground. I'm going to laugh. I'm going to have a field day, and I am saving that picture as a meme. So anytime Austin or JT brings up anything about the Niners, I'm just going to show them that picture because I think it'll be hilarious. So you, you're excited to see Derrick Henry run over the Seahawks yeah. defense. I, uh, I'm so excited, and you know it's true, too. Derrick Henry is going to annihilate that uh, def- defense, I feel like. Besides, because I feel like, obviously, their pass rushing got worse, so that yeah. hole is going to be a lot bigger. And mm-hmm. Bobby Wagner is the only guy who I think could potentially just lock up Derrick Henry, but he's not good. He can't do it by himself, you yeah. know? So I'm very excited for that game. I just I want to see um, Derrick Henry light up uh, Seattle. I also, I mean, too, I'm excited to see um, DK Metcalf play. Like, obviously, yeah. um, I want to see how he picks up after his second-year breakout. I want to see if he can continue that level of success or if he's just going to die down like some people were expecting. Well, it's funny because Seahawks expected weakness is probably going to be uh, their run defense, but the Titans, ironically, are going to be pass defense. So uh, we could see legitimately just a case where it's DK versus Henry Mm -hmm. just popping off and seeing which one can race to the finish line faster, which uh, honestly, (laughs) that one's going to be an interesting one. It's funny because the NFC West that week is must-watch TV because then you have the Rams-Colts, you know, Matt Stafford. I normally don't like the Rams, but now Matt Stafford makes that a completely different tale. And I love the Colts. I think that the Rams-Colts could be a juicy game. And then you have the Cardinals-Vikings. Like, the Vikings are going to be a fun team to watch. Oh, yeah. No matter who they're against. And the Cardinals are the exact same way. So I think legitimately uh, you're going to want to watch all of the NFC West that week um, because just the matchups, uh, like all the good ones were reserved for them. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll legit. move on to week three. Uh, which uh, which matchup are you looking most Ooh, forward to? Okay, hold on. Let me look at week three real quick. Just a little bit. I'm looking at it right now. So, ooh, that's a fun matchup right there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um Hmm. <laughs> this is a tough one because honestly, there's not many exciting games going on. Because okay, here's the thing: if Rodgers is playing, if he's gonna play it, then uh, that Niners-Packers game would be my pick. But um, I don't know if Rodgers will be playing, so my pick actually will be uh, Cardinals versus Jaguars. I think that's gonna be my favorite matchup of okay. the week to see uh, Mister Yeah Kyler and Lawrence go at it. Obviously ETN and uh, you know. I just want to see I, – I'm really excited to see Lawrence play at some point. And I think that going against a team like the Cardinals who, you know, I kind of have a little bit of, like, the same skill set. They're both not the best team. Cardinals obviously are a lot better. But, you know, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited to see how Urban Meyer, like, does his whole thing. Like, I feel like Urban Meyer and uh, Cliff Kingsbury are, like, just, like, weirdly, like, similar-looking coaches. <laughs> I, I don't know why. Like, I, I – I could talk about Cliff Kingsbury all day, but that's a different segment, dude. I just <laughs> think he's a terrible coach. But um, yeah, I, it, it'll be a fun game to watch. I'm excited for that one. <laughs> I'm going to go uh, Bengals-Steelers because this is going to be one of the first times that they play so early in the season. Like It took a while for the Bengals to play the Steelers uh, last season. Um, and Joe Burrow, when he played them originally, just got absolutely shredded. The Steelers' defense at that time was at the height of their powers, and they absolutely dominated them. Devin Bush had ridiculous numbers. I think he had, like, two returns um, or whatever. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, whoever. Their defense is nice, but their offense has slowed down a little bit. And meanwhile, Bengals' offense presumably has sped up. 
So uh, this is going to be, I think, the first matchup where you're going to see Joe Burrow potentially be able to knock off the Steelers. Now, remember, the Bengals beat them last year, and it was at the hands of Ryan Finley. Exactly. It was at the hands <laughs> of Ryan Finley. So Burrow should be able to hypothetically get something done, but uh, it's about which Steelers team shows up because the one we saw go 11-0 and was not the same one that we saw losing to the Bengals in primetime. Exactly. Time. That team that showed up that lost to the Bengals were the TikTok dancers, not the football yeah. players. They were the TikTok dancers, uh, Mr. Corvette Corvette and Chase Claypool, Mr. Actually, I can't say that, so never mind. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, those two guys – uh, hopefully they do something. They show up, and uh, Big Ben has a good game. Hopefully, if he's still starting, Najee. Uh, hate to say it, but he might run all over uh, the Bengals defense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe. So I, I think my sneaky best game of the week, though. Uh, like everyone would point out, Packers Niners, Rams Bucks. <laughs> Rams Bucks could be very fun. Um, just because the Rams, like I said, Matt Stafford, whoever, uh, they're gonna be kind of a juicy team to watch and then the Buccaneers coming off the Super Bowl win I think it's uh Tom Brady's been talking about like oh I'm excited to face uh Bill Belichick in week four um and he's talking about how he's gonna go four and oh and then keep or he's gonna be four and oh after he faces the Pats Mm -hmm. I think this could be the first hang-up game that they see um where they're not gonna necessarily find the Rams didn't they lose to the Rams with Jared Goff last year on Monday Night Football Uh, I think so yeah I think so so and the Rams can beat them this team presumably is going to be better and the Rams defense is just randomly shows up in the craziest spots (laughs) so uh that'll be my sneaky game to watch um I have a sneaky game then if we're doing a sneaky game for week three uh watch out because uh hopefully Fields is starting but uh Bears Browns yeah Fields is playing week one and week two and week three and he's playing all right the Bears and the Browns that's a sneaky good game right there at 10 a.m Fields and Baker is going to be a really really hype game exactly um all right and then we'll move on to week four uh I have an easy one for this Am I first this time? I think so. Yeah, you're first. You're <laughs> okay. first. And I hate to I hate to homer it, but I got to go Bengals-Jaguars. Because last year when we saw this game, it was one of Joe Burrow's first wins. Um, uh, but now it may not be that easy because we're going to see Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence. That's The high. two that were faded to play against each other. You know, uh, it's just always been like the, one of the younger rivalries that's, that we've been looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Burrow uh, recognizably destroyed Trevor Lawrence in the national championship. And, you know, I think it's probably going to be along the same. I think the Bengals have just had a little bit more time to develop than this new Jaguars team has, the one that just recently got the first seat. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that that's going to be a really fun game to watch. Burrow and Trevor Lawrence, both in primetime, by the way. Yeah. That's going to be the Thursday night game. That's I think that's hype. I 100% agree with you. Also, too, is that Burrow and Lawrence are two arguably the greatest college quarterbacks of all time mm-hmm. as of late. You know, like other than Cam Newton, obviously, we could argue for that. But yeah. those two guys in college had great careers. They're coming in. They're both number one picks. You know, like they both are – projected like face of the franchises like yeah i agree with you that's pretty hype because the reason i was shocked because i didn't see that but there are also two other games that are um on for week four that i thought a lot um there were like easy answers so i'll just say both of them because i thought we're both gonna say i have to give a shout out to seahawk niners you know seahawk the seahawk and niners most of the time like most of the time uh they're always close games yeah sometimes they're they're heartbreakers like they break my heart so many times and I'm sure Seattle fans feel the same way when y'all lose a tight one to us like these losses hurt man like these losses against the Seahawks like especially when they're so close 
Like, it hurts. So that game, obviously, is a must-watch, you know. It, it, the Niners and Seahawks have had a great ri- rivalry, rivalry for the longest time. It's kind of died down, though, but hopefully it, it you know comes up. Maybe Trey Lance will be a talker. I kind of <laughs> want him to be. When those games come up, like, I think last time we saw, like, two— Okay, so it's always the Seahawks, I feel, and then whoever is supposed to probably win that division. Because uh, it was the Rams last year. There yeah. were two great games with the Rams. And then the season before that, uh, two amazing games. Amazing. Like, probably some of the best games that were played. I think that was the one where uh, the Seahawks won in overtime in just, like, the most clutch fashion. Yep. And then the Seahawks lost at the one-yard line, one yard line when uh, they threw it to Jacob Hollister. Like, those games were just legendary, uh, legendary proportion, and I think that we could see a return to that because the Seahawks, whether or not they're a good team, will always play up to division rivals. Yep. And uh, I think that'll be fun to watch. Um, exactly. But you said you had a second game you wanted to check yeah, out? Yeah, yeah. It was a pretty obvious one. It's Brady's return to the yeah. Gillette Stadium. It's a, I mean, it's a primetime game, so obviously all of us are probably going to watch it. You know, the whole – it's going to be a – Big thing going into the week, Brady versus Belichick. Who actually is better, blah, blah, blah. Even though I think this matchup says nothing because, uh, if anything, it's probably going to be Cam starting or maybe Mac Jones. So, like, that's not fair, dude. You have so many weapons. Like, you, you, The media is going to say Brady's better, but, like, the team is not even whatsoever. Brady has a top-five defense and a top-five offense. Like, he has weapons in his arsenal. Like, he has Gronk, he has Mike, he has Gr- Godwin, Scotty Miller. He has O.J. Howard. He has Leonard Fournette in the backfield. Like, he's just got so many guys. And, like, I don't know. I Obviously, that's going to be a, a big talked-about game. But uh, don't be surprised if it's a blowout by the Buccaneers, honestly, because people are going to hype it up so much that I could see it being just a terrible game and a blowout. So. Yep, and... Uh I, we'll move on to the next week. I'll let you start with that one because uh, we covered pretty much all the good ones in week four. Yeah. Uh, week five has some pretty juicy matchups that I can see, but I'm I'm excited to see which one you're going to pick. Oh, easy. Uh, week five matchup. It's another primetime game. I'm very excited for this because uh, I think it's uh, – no, the Browns were in the AFC Championship. Um, it's a rematch of one of a div- – uh, Oh, no, no, no. Bills were AFC Championship. Was against the Chiefs, right? Yeah, and they got absolutely smacked. There you go, then. Yeah, I'm right. So I want this rematch. I'm ready for it. You already know. I kind of give it away. The Bills versus Chiefs. It's on prime time. So I am very excited for this game. Uh, it's an AFC matchup or AFC championship rematch. So I want to see Josh Allen, the Iron Man, see how he does in his third year. So we'll see. Okay. Yeah. I I think uh, Josh Allen's going to be one of the bigger storylines this year, guaranteed. Uh just because, you know, the Bills team r- depended so much on him. And uh, him and Stephon Diggs were such a great duo because Stephon Diggs is one of the better, like, deep receivers, and mm-hmm. Josh Allen has the arm to give it to him. So um, yeah. I think that'll be a fun game. Um, there are a few that I really do like, uh, but I don't want to cheat and say both of them. So I'll say the game that I would watch is Dolphins-Bucks. Um, Bucks are going to obviously be a lot of must-watch whenever they're playing good teams because they're the reigning Super Bowl champions. Um, But this is going to be a Florida battle. You got got the team that's presumably on its way up, and then the Buccaneers, everyone knows, have a very low shelf life. That's why they're loading up now, playing behind Brady, and then probably just going to fall apart after Brady's gone. Mm -hmm. Um, But the Dolphins are a team that is slowly working their way up, and they're doing it with young talent because I think that they – realize like especially capturing that market that you got to be the team that's up and coming and that's what they are that's what they are they got a uh, Jalen Waddle he's going to be a much better receiver for them this is going to be Tua's first full year mm-hmm. where he's starting um and 
they that really good team with that really good defense up against Brady, uh, who historically has randomly struggled against the Dolphins. Um, I think that's going to be a fun game. I think he went to the NFC to escape the Dolphins, but they're going to come back to haunt him one more time before he retires. I agree because you know Brian Flores was the the Patriots defensive mm-hmm. coordinator when Brady was playing, so he knows how He's Brady plays. So. And even then, Brian Flores is an amazing coach. He's yeah. done so many wonderful things for the Dolphins. And I agree, they're an upcoming team. You give um, Tua another weapon to add up with uh, Devontae Parker. So, got Waddle, Parker. Obviously, they got a stud secondary in Xavier Howard. You know, um, what's his name? Byron Jones. Like, all these mm-hmm. guys. Like, they, they got a stud team. And I agree, the Dolphins are an upcoming team. So, that's a good one. Good pick. Yeah. Good pick. And uh, Brian Flores, the number one coach I would say I would want if I was building a franchise. But the number two coach, uh, and this is kind of my sneaky game. Uh, not that it's too sneaky because it's on primetime. But Colts Ravens. Uh, I think these are two teams that legitimately you look at the logos, you look at their names on a schedule, and you're like, there could not be two least sexy teams, <laughs> honestly. Um, it's just the way that they work. Like they, they're not two teams that anyone's like, man, they, they're stars of the league. But they are both very, very good teams. Uh, you have Lamar Jackson, and he's been playing fun. And the the Ravens are a little bit on a come down season, I think, because their draft was not very good, and they lose some talent in the off season. Um, but they did just get a wide receiver for Lamar Jackson. I'm interested to see how they go there. But then you also have the Colts, who are probably the biggest come-up team in the AFC. Like, randomly, just all they needed last year was a very good quarterback, and they would have probably been some of the favorites to win the Super Bowl, or at least go to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So um, I think you got to give some love to the Colts, and seeing them up against the Ravens, that's going to be a big test for him. And, uh, yeah, Colts, a lot of juice this season, a lot of juice. That's a that's a good pick. I mean, I'm, I'm very excited in general just to see how Carson Wentz does on um, playing with his former coach so mm-hmm. or former uh, offensive coordinator, I believe. So I'm very excited for that. That's going to be awesome. And, yeah, I agree. This, Yeah, on the picture, that, the fact that you said it kind of made me, why it made me laugh because it's so true. Like, these two teams are just – you just don't – like, you're not excited to watch the Colts and the Ravens. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. But maybe you are because, you know, maybe you might be a Ravens fan. You got Lamar, obviously, Colts. Hey, just for, um, just for fun, over under five, how many times is uh, Chris Collinsworth going to spotlight Quentin Nelson? In that game? <laughs> Um, I would have to say somewhere around 12, so I'll go. I'll take the over on that one. I have to agree. I think like 15 times. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Chris Collinsworth, I his I know he has a big love for guards and stuff, but Quentin Nelson, dude, like <laughs> I I love him, and I'm not a huge offensive lineman, but man, oh man, like that's <laughs> he is the Colts' lord and savior. I'll tell mm-hmm. you that much. Yeah, I'll the second he much. came onto the team, all of a sudden they have like one of the best running uh, teams in the league and yeah. stuff. So yeah, I get it. Uh, everyone who said don't pick a guard at f- or in the top five. Uh, they're really eating their words right now with yeah. him. But uh, we'll move on to week six, and I'm going to go with my matchup. It might not be the one that everyone looks at and says, dang, man, I want to watch that one. But I'm going to go Chiefs-Washington. Ooh. And that's, yeah, I know it's it seems a little bit weird, but okay. it's because Washington showed last year, not that they were a great team, but that their defense that they are building is nasty. It is absolutely destructive. And what better way to test out that defense especially new and improved than by putting it up against one of the top offenses in the league. Now, uh, Tom Brady beat him in the playoffs. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, mm-hmm. They beat him in the playoffs because they didn't really have a quarterback. Obviously, they're better. But now, like Ryan Fitzpatrick, you never know what he's going to pull out. He could either be a great, great quarterback <laughs> or he could be abysmal. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing 
the Washington football team take on the Kansas City Chiefs that week. I'd, I'll throw that one on. That's a that's an interesting pick. I did not see that coming, but I agree. You know, Washington, obviously, that uh, that D-line might be looking better than ours in a couple years. I hate to say it, man, but uh, that D-line is scary good. Mm-hmm. So I'm very excited to see how they match up, honestly, with the Chiefs. That's true because Chiefs got Orlando Brown, so that's a game he's going to be uh, marking on his calendar because he's going to prove <laughs> his worth right there. Yeah, He's going to oh, want to yeah. prove his worth. Got Chase Young on one side, got Montez Sweat on the other side, yeah. like a, a Jared Allen in the middle. Like, oh, my I wouldn't, God. I wouldn't want to be the ones who have to mess with Washington <laughs> this year. Yeah, so I think – Interesting. So, uh, I mean, that game's a really good game. Um, I want to say Seahawks-Steelers are always Steeler, fun. Seahawks-Steelers are good, but it's just like the Steelers, I'm never excited to watch the Steelers, like just at all. So, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm not excited. I, I would lie to you if I said that game. So, yeah. I got to go with the Chargers and the Ravens for this week's matchup. Okay. Then because, you know, Justin Herbert is my boy. He hopefully is going to have a good second year. Hopefully he doesn't die down for his off like his reigning rookie of the year. So I'm excited to watch Justin Herbert against uh, Lamar Jackson. I think that's going to be a interesting duo in the AFC. Or not duo, sorry. Interesting rivalry in the AFC, hopefully. Because I feel like both guys are so quiet. They don't really trash talk that I don't see a rivalry ever coming up between them. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited to see Herbie play. I'm excited to see Herbie play against a solid team in the Ravens. And I just got to say, for narrative's sake, this week is the most important week for the Bengals' pass rushers and Jamar Chase to do well because they are going up against the Lions. And who did the Lions draft? Penny Sewell. Yeah. So the Bengals, for this one, for narrative and for a lot of people to not be just tearing them down, it is the most important game, I think. If they get shredded by Jared Goff, because the Lions pass rush is somehow getting to him and Jamar Chase just isn't effective and the Bengals pass rushers can't get past Sewell, I think that that's gonna be a that's gonna be a tough one for <laughs> Bengals be, fans uh, to deal with. That'd be funny. And uh the, oh, the, the headline is gonna be hilarious. Hilarious. And Cajal, I'm, I'm sh- yeah, on Cajal, I'm sure you're probably not gonna be going out that much if that happens. If Sewell <laughs> ends up locking up everyone, starts playing amazing in the <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be stuck inside for all of that <laughs> weekend, just barring all the criticism. But uh, I will come back out on week seven when we get to see some of these fun games. Uh, Cody, you get to pick this first. This one, which oh, one are you gonna watch? I mean, I, I think it's obvious which one I'm gonna pick for week seven because I see this bright, amazing game on uh, primetime Sunday Night Football: the Colts versus the Niners. Are you kidding me? What a game that's going to be. I mean, I'm excited to see Carson Wentz play against us. I hopefully we're healthy. We're still like both teams are healthy by then. We're not missing anyone like significant like I don't know. I think that's going to be a great defensive matchup to see a very good Colts defense versus our awesome run offense. And then the Colts run offense, their run game versus our solid run defense. Like both teams of this in this matchup have a great run game, a running game and a great running D. So it's going to be a very interesting matchup. And also, I'm throwing it out there right now. Trey Lance, he's coming in this game. Okay. He's coming in. Primetime game against the Colts. I think Jimmy is going to make some mistakes. And uh, Shanahan might pull the trigger week seven. Might bring him in for uh, maybe a couple quarters. I I, I, I just see it. I see it. It's his first play time on primetime. I think Mm -hmm. that would be hype. I think so. All right. Well, another good game obviously, is going to be the Chiefs-Titans. But I don't want to talk about that one because I just feel like the Chiefs are going to run away with that one. I think it's going to be the one that everyone wants to watch, but it's not that good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the one that's actually going to be sneaky great, and it's going to be super fun to watch, uh, Jets-Pats. 
Jets Pats because uh, I think this is going to be by the time confirmed week seven that the Patriots just see Cam Newton, not the guy. Cam Newton isn't the one that they're going to be banking on. And because of that, I think that uh, you're going to see Mac Jones, Zach Wilson. Mac Jones, Zach Wilson is probably going to be the future of this division for a long time, at least for the next three years until one of these teams gives up on the quarterback after they bust, you know. But um, this is going to be the first look we get at something we're going to see twice a year at least. So um, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, Jets, Pats, that's going to be mine for this week. Um, But uh, another good game. I think for narrative's sake, if I was watching a game just purely based on narrative, we get Lions-Rams. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, (laughs) Lions-Rams. And uh, I'm expecting the Rams to blow the doors off them, but uh, (laughs) yeah, we get to see Jared Goff and Matt Stafford take on their former teams. Mm. So um, I'm sure that Stafford's probably pretty happy with the Lions for doing (laughs) what they did. Jared Goff, clearly not, goes from a playoff team to potentially one of the worst teams in the division, if not the conference. So... um, (laughs) It's going to be fun to see that one. Lions, Rams, and uh, yeah, they're like Seahawks, Saints, and stuff. But those are more just teams with names. We don't even know uh, who's going to be the quarterback for the Saints at that point in time. So Exactly. <laughs> we, we don't know. So so we'll just move on to week eight. Uh, I get to take the first pick here. And thank goodness that I do. Because once again, I'm sorry, but I got to talk about Bengals-Jets. Because there are so many fun matchups. The schedule makers know They know that we want to see Joe Burrow versus Zach Wilson. (laughs) They know that that's what we're coming to see because the future is so bright for the NFL. And the fact that we're getting to see all these young guys, like we even get to potentially see a Lance versus fields this week, but um, I'll maybe save that for you if that's what you want to talk about. But yeah, I think Joe Burrow versus the jets uh, and Zach Wilson versus the Bengals. That's going to be super fun. Um, And I'm excited for that one. Yeah, no, I'll just say, I agree with you. And I mean, Hey, I want to. I can throw that narrative out there. You kind of talked about it already. Uh, a sneaky game might be the Niners versus the Bears if Lance and Fields are starting because the Niners, my team, could have easily had Fields. We had him in the palm <laughs> of our hands. We could have taken him. So uh, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting. Even if um, Lance doesn't play and he doesn't play at all this year, just to see Fields go up against us, I want to see how he does. If he yeah. torches our team, I will not show my face in public because <laughs> I know that – all of my friends are going to say, oh, you guys should have taken Fields. Well, you know what? I'm not the I'm not the GM. I'm not John Lynch, bro. I can't go in the draft board room and say, hey, man, hey, man, hey, 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 take Fields. I can't do that. So mm-hmm. whatever happens, happens. But I'm very excited to see that one. But um, I would have to say my game of the, the week for this one, I want to see the Giants. I know this is going to be weird. Right? Oh, the I'm Giants. So glad you said that. The Giants versus the Chiefs. So Sunday night football, Giants versus the Chiefs. We have not talked about the Giants at all. So shout out to Giants fans out there. It's been a rough, uh, long time for you guys. <laughs> so, uh, um, but uh, I want to see. I, I want to see Danny Dimes this season. Dan Daniel Jones. Like I want to see. Like he has no, 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 it, no reason to fail at this point. He's got so many receivers to throw to, barring any like. Ma- like drastic injuries like pray to the gods Saquon stays he- healthy and like all his receivers stay healthy but he's got so many receivers to throw to he's got Evan Ingram a solid tight end and he has Saquon in the backfield like Danny Dimes has so many weapons on all- on offense and I want to see how he can do wh- like what what he can do with that on primetime against a really good like another offensive team that can just drop fo- like 30 points in like two quarters so that's going to be an interesting game. Haven't mentioned the Giants much, so I wanted to give him some love. Wanted to see the Giants, Danny Dimes, all his weapons versus Pat Mahomes, you know, all those guys. So 
All right. Oh, I like that one a lot. Um, I think another potential, like, it's weird because we could get, like, uh, first or, like, the rookie players, you know, or I guess the young players going against each other. We could get Mac Jones and Justin Herbert as well. I just wanted to point that out. This week is going to be potentially chock full of matchups, and that's week eight. Um, But then we'll move on to week nine. Uh, you get to start this one off. Uh, which which matchup you looking at? Because there's one that I definitely am loving right now. Okay, so what I'm looking at that really, really, really catches my eye, I want to see uh, Jaguars Bills. Whoa! I okay. I, I want that. I want a Lawrence versus uh, Josh Allen matchup. I think again that's going to be a fun matchup to watch for a long time in the AFC. Maybe they become uh, the quarterback rivals, but I don't see. I think Lawrence and uh. It's going to be a, have a rival, if anything, with uh, Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Yeah. Just because, you know, college rivals and all that stuff. But And Josh Allen just keeps it to himself, too. He doesn't really say much. So, <laughs> you know, like, hey, silent assassin, baby. Like, the Bills and Jags, I'm excited for that one. I think it's going to be a fun game. Another sneaky game that could be good is uh, Chargers-Eagles with Herbert and Hurts. Okay. Because, uh, you know, both solid teams, both young quarterbacks coming in and uh, see what they can do. So I'm excited for those two matchups. All right. And uh, I'm going to go uh, – I'll go the obvious one because you picked some pretty good ones. But I'll go the obvious one and go Packers-Chiefs. Uh, it's not a primetime game, surprisingly. But um, I, th- I have a feeling Rodgers is just going to be playing. Um, and if he's not, we get more looks at love. Uh, but it's going to be it's going to be two of, like, the top contenders in the in the NFL just going off, um, and it's the Super Bowl that we probably should have gotten one of these past two years. We just haven't yet, and I don't know if we ever will, but um, hopefully Rodgers is playing, and then we get to see a good look at Pat Mahomes facing off against one of the greatest to ever do it. Hey, um, Rodgers, if you came to San Fran with the third pick, man, you could be facing Kansas City in the Super Bowl this coming year. <laughs> you think he w- he wishes he wasn't, dude? Oh, I know, right? I know. I'd yeah. cry if we had him. <laughs> All right, and now uh, that means we'll move on to Week 10. Okay, I get a... Uh, I get the first look at this one. There are a lot of uh, kind of juicy ones. Uh, like Ravens Dolphins is one of the ones like that I was talking about, where you don't expect them to necessarily be. Uh, what's it called? You don't necessarily expect it to be good based on the logos and stuff. But I'm gonna go and show some love to the Cardinals because we haven't done that too much. But I think the Cardinals versus the Panthers is going to be probably some must-watch because both of these defenses, they're good defenses. They are good defenses. Neither of them are really great. I think that they're both good. But you have some really amazing offenses with, like, question marks. It's like, I don't know what it is, but when you look at Cardinals on paper, they should be nasty. When you look at the Panthers on paper, they should be nasty. <laughs> um, but I don't know which one necessarily is going to be coming out the winner on this one, and I think it's probably going to be our best contender for a shootout uh, of the season because both of them have so much to prove, especially around this time of the year when we're diving into what is this, week 10. Yeah. Um, I think both of them are going to be really hungry. Both of them are going to be barely competing for that wild card spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to be a really big game for both of them by the end of the season. Yeah, and I mean, again, I'm going to go straight to the NFC West matchup. It's a Monday night game. Uh, we're going to be in Week 10, so definitely, like Cajal said, this is when like people are going to start like crunching down. They're going to start like you know folk really focusing on the playoffs. So Rams, Niners, expect that to be an amazing game, hopefully, um, barring any injuries. Because here's the thing. The NFC West this year, I'm predicting it, it's going to be the – most interesting division to watch because honestly i have no idea who's going to come out on top in that division mm-hmm. i can see any team coming out on top the the team i least seeing coming out on top is the cardinals for sure but out of those three the seahawks niners and rams 
I could see either one of those teams coming out on top and maybe like the second and third seed are only a game behind. I could see a, a scenario where all four of them make the playoffs, you know. So this is going to be an interesting matchup. So make sure you guys tune into that one. Another one, I'm going to show some love to the Falcons here because uh, they're playing the Cowboys who uh, defense is still sus, not going to lie. So I think this game, hopefully we get to see Kyle Pitts just torch the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. So that's going to be a fun matchup to watch. Haven't given much love to the Falcons. Obviously, they got their star tight end, you know, in uh, Kyle Pitts, hoping he could be the next Tony G for them. So <laughs> I do got to say, uh, I think that that would be a fun one because you get to see the Cowboys linebackers. Uh, they just got Micah Parsons, yep. who one of the top defensive players in the draft. But then you also have Leighton Vander Esch, who he's been up and down. It's about what we're going to see from him. And you get Jalen Smith. So uh, Pitts is definitely going to have his work cut out for him. And uh, this is also a good chance for a shootout game just because both of the defenses are like, eh. But um, I would like to see Kyle Pitts uh, going up against those linebackers because, man, that's going to be a really, really Wouldn't fun matchup that, to watch yeah. every single snap. Uh, so then we okay. move on to good old week 11. Um, I picked first on this one. You get to give it a go here. Okay. Uh, let's see. Out of week 11, hmm, what am I thinking? Okay. I see some pretty solid games. So I'm yep. going to – I'm going to throw in the Niners again just because, I mean, if Lance is starting, then we'll see a Lance versus Lawrence lineup or matchup, which is going to be great. So I want to see how Lawrence plays against our team, you know, all that stuff. That's going to be a fun one. Um, if, let's say if at this point in time, bo if both the Washington football team and the Carolina Panthers are competing for a playoff spot, this would be a really fun matchup. The football team versus the Panthers in Week 11, that would be fun seeing how Sam Darnold handles that pass rush of, of Washington football team. Obviously, if Ryan Fitzpatrick is still starting by then, we'll see how he does. Like, mm. I don't know. I think that'll be a, also a solid matchup. Um, okay, so I am probably going to have to go with the Seahawks and the Cardinals. Ooh. I like that one just because um, the, w when we're thinking about timing, Again, uh, teams that are going to be hungry. I think that the Rams and the Niners are going to be making it pretty clear that they're one of them is going to dominate the NFC West, and the Seahawks and Cardinals are going to be basically left to fight for the scraps. And if they're doing that, um, I think that each of those games is going to be really enjoyable. Um, you're going to have a lot of really fun uh, just, you know, Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray moments. And this is usually around the time that, like, Kyler Murray's popping off and Russell Wilson is doing spectacular things. So mm -hmm. I think that could be a really fun one. I think that that's going to be uh, one of the big division things for the Seahawks this year is, yeah, they're going to be competing really hard with the Niners probably, but the Cardinals are the ones that always give the Seahawks troubles no matter who it is. So yeah. um, I think that that's going to be probably the one that I would want to watch that week. Um, and obviously there are going to be some good ones. You got – uh, Packers Vikings that one's going to be exciting and then I think you had a uh, who is it um, Niners Jags Niners Jags Washington football nice yeah Niners Jags uh, Washington football team and Panthers like there's a lot of good sneaky line uh, matchups that watch, one's so. that's a pretty loaded week so it'd yeah. be a shame to only have to watch one but that one is going to be an enjoyable one and uh, for this next week this one actually is a bit tougher because a lot of the exciting ones are ones we've already seen um Packers Rams I think will be good Bucks Colts I think will be good but uh I'm going to give some love as weird of a time it is to do it to uh Raiders Cowboys <laughs> we haven't we haven't talked about the Raiders at all um and it's mainly because you for know for good reason 
yeah, you know, the Raiders aren't necessarily the juiciest team. But I think that this game is going to sneak up on a lot of people and be kind of nice. Uh, it's The timing's really weird with some of these games because that's, uh, that's going to be the Thanksgiving game. But we get to watch the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. That one's going to be uh, kind of hype. They always are. Cowboys are always fun to watch. And we get to watch Elliot versus Jacobs, you know. And I, that's something that I'm looking forward to. Uh, I really like all the run-heavy games <laughs> on Thanksgiving <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. Uh, I think that they're fun to watch uh, while you're making making uh, Thanksgiving dinner. So I'm going to go with that one. Raiders, Cowboys, I think that'll be a good game. All right. Well, okay. So we, ha- we have a lot of great Thanksgiving matchups this week. I mean, honestly... I think a really sneaky, like, high-scoring matchup could be the Bears versus the Lions because uh, if Fields is playing versus Goff, I think that'd be fun as heck to watch Justin Fields on Thanksgiving morning. So that'd be fun. And obviously, uh, my matchup has got to be the Cleveland Browns versus the Ravens. If you remember, last year's, was it Monday night? Yeah. Monday night football matchup? Yeah. The game of the year, Browns versus Ravens. That game where Lamar literally left, took a dump, and then came back. (laughs) And then just lit the Browns in an overtime win. Like, that was the game of the year last year, and I want part two. I want a rematch. I, I want to see it again. It was one of the best games I've ever, like, like one of the best games I watched. Oh, it was the best game I watched last year, but one of the best games I've watched just in general. Like, it was mm-hmm. just an amazing game. Like, everyone. I remember, all like, the commentators, while I was watching it live, they're like, where's Lamar? They're in overtime. What is he doing? And all of a sudden, he just runs out from the bathroom, or whatever. And they're just reporting that like he took a dump or whatever. And they're like, like he pulled a Paul <laughs> well, Pierce. Yeah. He, you well, know? he apparently had an injury. Like he had a <laughs> yeah. But if you watch the way he's running into the locker room yeah. and stuff, he clearly ain't got no injury. It, it, people were saying like he pulled a Paul Pierce. If you remember, Paul Pierce went to the uh, the bathroom and took a huge dump during the NBA uh, finals, even. So, <laughs> like, they were saying he pulled a Paul Pierce, and I was, like, laughing my butt off. And then he just comes in and just lights them up in overtime. Mm-hmm. Like, amazing game. So, that that's going to be a great uh, Thanksgiving night game. All right. And uh, we'll move on to week 13. I'm hoping you don't take my pick here. You get first pick. Who are you going? Uh, week 13. Um, well, Hopefully, I, I think I, I hope I don't take your pick, but honestly, it's fine. We could double it up because this is going to be a, at least this is a fun matchup for me. Uh, the Sunday Night Football, hopefully, Mac Jones is starting mm. by then. But uh, Mac Jones, Patriots versus Josh Allen and the Bills. I mean, if you look at it, like that could be the division rival for, or like that, those two teams, right? Those two quarterbacks could be a, a huge rival because obviously they're going to play in the same division. They're both like uh, similar, like sized quarterbacks, I guess. Mm. Um, so. I think that would be a fun matchup, just seeing Mac Jones on the come up versus like his long time. It's gonna be a long time quarterback rival because Josh Allen ain't going nowhere. He's staying in Buffalo for a while if if uh, the Bills have anything to say about it. So, all right, and I'm gonna go with the matchup that we were robbed of this year. I think uh, because it was in Week One of last year, uh, we did we saw the Bengals play the Chargers. That game was good for a completely different reason than why this one's going to be so good now. Um, back when that was happening, Tyrod Taylor beat the Bengals. Uh, that was the one where A.J. Green got the, you know, the, what's it called? The, off, not offsides. The one that everyone always, pass interference. Oh, pass he got interference. offensive pass interference. Um, didn't score the touchdown. Then they went to kick the field goal. Randy Bullock like, yeah. injured his leg or whatever. Um, yeah. So that was that game. But that was Tyrod Taylor. This is going to be the first game that we get to see Justin Herbert uh, going up against Joe Burrow, and uh, for the longest time, uh, these two are going to be compared 
forever and ever and always because yep. the Bengals passed up on Justin Herbert for Joe Burrow. And Bengals fans got to say we made the right pick. Chargers fans got to say we got lucky that we got him. And uh, it's going to be a matchup that I think is going to be probably the one to watch during that week. I know it's a 10 a.m. one, but it's every time these two p- players play, it's going to be like watching like Brady and Manning. You yeah. Know? Um, not because they're of that caliber, but because they're both just two of the most exciting players of the league. And I think it's going to be something that continues for years and years. So yeah. this is going to be the first time that we get to see him face off. And it's probably going to be a really fun one. So I'll go with them for that week. That's a great pick. I actually, I'm going to mark that on my calendar because I can, I don't know. I, I honestly, personally, I think, I do think Burrow is a better quarterback than Herbert. Mm-hmm. But I think Justin Herbert just fits what the Chargers looking for. Exactly. He just knows that playbook and that offense a lot better than Burrow knows the Bengals offense. So. Yeah, and I, th- I think we found ourselves a good position um, where, like, everyone looks at Burrow and they're like, he's the Bengals quarterback. And everyone looks at Herbert and they're like, he's the Chargers quarterback. And no one's really, like, right now, especially because they haven't faced off, like, oh, man, Bengals picked wrong because J- Justin Herbert would have fallen apart last year in the Bengals situation. I think. Absolutely. And Burrow, I think, uh, probably would have done a lot better on the Chargers. But um, I think it just comes down to, you know, the system that they're in. And both of them, like, right now, they seem to fit. So yeah. uh, that's going to be a super fun game to watch. But we'll move on to week 14. Um, am I starting this one? Did it? Yeah, because yeah, I, I just picked second. I just picked second. I am excited to see Bears Packers. Um, Bears Packers is going to be a primetime game. This is the second time they play uh, this year, um, but it's going to be interesting because if Fields is that good, and then the then the Bears are going to be contending for the playoffs. They were already a playoff team last year. Believe it or not, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, so, like, some people see for, if you remember. Some that. people actually forget that they made the playoffs. Yeah, because <laughs> they they honestly weren't that memorable. They got yeah. smacked down by the Saints, and it was <laughs> just like they kind of existed. Uh, but that was off the back of what's his name, David Montgomery, I think. Yeah. Um, whoever their running back was, and he was popping off at the end of the season. Now you get Justin Fields in there, and if he's good, that's exciting. And uh, this could be the matchup that you see for the next three or four years if Rodgers is uh, staying in Green Bay. So um, if that's what you get, that's going to be what I'm going to be looking forward to watching, especially because this game could end up deciding, like, who wins the tiebreaker? Who is the one that uh, is going to be there if they end up tying in the division? Because the Bears have the defense to do it, and they might have the offense now. Yeah, I I agree, especially and also if Rodgers isn't playing and it's Love versus uh, Fields, I think that would be a really fun matchup to watch. Two young quarterbacks playing on, you know, two different – two different styles of teams so that's a good one honestly so my other my my matchup my obvious matchup that people are going to want to watch is uh the bills versus bucks but here's the thing i want to throw that out there like i could very easily see the bills getting waxed by the bucks yeah people are going to say like oh that's gonna be a good game that's gonna be a fun game to watch i'm gonna watch that and then the bills get absolutely like smacked mm-hmm. i could see that happening so instead i'm gonna go to like a sneaky matchup where i see uh, two sneaky matchups where I could see it being close for both games. Okay. And it's the Giants versus the Chargers because both teams, I feel like, have similar skill sets, and I, I, I just think it's going to be really fun. Like I said, like I'm going to be tuning into Danny Dimes a lot this year because he has no reason to fail. He's absolute zero reason. Unless Saquon is out by this time, you know, then he has no reason to fail. And obviously Herbert, one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch right now, awesome guys so that's gonna be a fun sneaky matchup that could be very close another one that 
probably won't be close, but I'm just going to throw it in there because, you know, they're mm-hmm. our team. So, uh, hey, man, Niners-Bengals, week yeah. 14. Uh, we're coming into Cincinnati to take on Joe Burrow. It's going to be interesting how Burrow handles the San Francisco's pass rush. So, we're, it's going to be it's going to be a fun matchup for sure. I think um, I would love – I mean, it, it I would hate it, obviously, being a fan of the Niners – but it would also make me kind of happy to see Burrow have a great game against yep. us. Like, obviously, I hope you guys lose, but uh, <laughs> hopefully, like he has a good, hopefully he has a good game against us. So I'm gonna be tuning into that one. Yeah, at the sure. very least, I I just want a close game for that one. Like, yeah. honestly, I I'm expecting to lose that one because the Niners are so stacked. But if Burrow shows he can get it done, like we'll already have like 13 weeks of like this is the new Bengals team. Um, so it'll either be a big surprise or it will be like the game that people were wish was getting flexed into prime time. Because yeah. um, the Bengals will either be trash or they'll be like a super fun, young, exciting team. So I like that one. Um, for me, uh, I wanted to throw in one little last matchup. Cowboys-Washington this week could be really, really fun because it's the first time that they face off. And I think that those two are probably division favorites. Uh, yeah. It's really hard to say with that division. But Washington just won, obviously. And the Cowboys, they were putting up numbers before Dak got injured. Um, and honestly, the Giants did not inspire me with how uh, Danny Dimes was playing. If he's good, he's good. If he's not, then that team's just going to continue to be a dumpster fire. So I think Cowboys-Washington's going to have a huge indication on the division. Um, and that'll be a fun one to watch. But then we move into Week 15. Uh, week 15 has... Like that by this point we're gonna have a really good idea of which matchups are gonna matter. Yeah. Um, but I think that um, the the way the schedulers put it up, they put like in near uh, prime time you have like Saints Bucks. But I think the one that's gonna be more emblematic of what's gonna represent the division is gonna be Seahawks Rams. Um, yeah, I, I think agree. That those two teams probably are going to be competing for two and three in the division, or Seahawks are going to be fighting for some sort of wild card, and the Rams are going to want to do everything they can to make sure that the Seahawks don't get there. Um, and I think that that's what's going to be huge for them. Uh, that 125 game, Seahawks-Rams, is going to be the one I'm probably going to tune into. Yeah, I mean, you talk about divisions. Like, if you're go- we're going in week 15. Like, the NFC East last year was a dumpster fire, and mm-hmm. we don't know who's going to come out of it. So in Week 15, this could subside a lot. We got two NFC East matchups. The Eagles are playing the football team, and the Cowboys are playing the Giants. So at this point in time, um, if the NFC East is anything similar to last year where it's like all teams are bad and it's looking like someone's going to come out with like a, a higher loss or with more losses than wins— like, we could be focusing on this again. We could be seeing, like, oh, which NFC East is going to come out? Is it going to be the Cowboys? Is it going to be the Eagles? Is it going to be the Giants? So keep look out for that Week 15, NFC East. Like, they're, they're playing each other. So I think that's going to be fun to watch. All right, and then we'll move on to Week 16. You get first pick. Why don't you give it a go? <sighs> uh, Yeah, Week 16. I'm still gonna I'm still gonna be on the division side because, like I said, we don't know who's going to make playoffs. Me we too. don't know who's going to be good and all that stuff. So... One thing I uh, want people to look at is hold on, I just saw it. Oh, oh, Bills Patriots, that one. So if I only already talked about this matchup earlier with Mac Jones and uh, Josh Allen, but say Mac Jones has not played yet and Cam Newton is still the quarterback, he's playing good, and the Patriots are trying to make it to the wild card spot. Like this could be a solid matchup to watch if see if like the Bills can handle their longtime team that has taken them out of the playoffs and actually just kicked them out. So that'll be a fun matchup to watch. Obviously, um, the Niners play the Titans. That's going to be a great game to watch. I don't know. Week Week 16, it, it's definitely all comes down to like division matchups. Like what division or like what division is going to like 
kick like have someone come into the playoffs make the wild card like all of that that's what that, those are the matchups we look for when we're talking about like week 15 week 16 or week 17 it's funny because in week 16 if i'm looking at games that i want to watch they're all out of conference uh niners titans like you said but then you got browns packers which uh gosh that's just two teams that you just reckon are probably going to be you know fighting to stay at the top of their division but one of them's going to have to take a loss there. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I'm excited for that one. But then you also have Colts Cardinals, uh, where Cardinals, like we said, are probably going to be gunning for a wild card spot. But the Colts are also probably going to be in that mix if they're not winning the division. So mm-hmm. um, I think those three, like, those are going to have huge implications on each of the conferences. Uh, and then I guess we got to rush through the last two weeks. Um, for week 17, um, I think I'm just going to go with uh, Jaguars-Patriots, just because, you know, you got Lawrence, you got Mac Jones, probably. Uh, you're going to get two young quarterbacks duking it out. That one's going to be fun, uh, and it's probably going to be a matchup we see for years to come. All right, then for Week 17, I'll, I'll keep it simple, too. I'll just go uh, Bills-Falcons. Um, I think that'll be a fun matchup to watch uh, Kyle Pitts versus, like, you know, Kyle Pitts, uh, Matt Ryan, and Julio, if they still have him, Calvin Ridley, all those guys, versus Josh Allen and Diggs. Um, I like both of those teams. I like watching them play football, so... I think that would be a fun matchup. Another sneaky matchup could be the Dolphins versus Titans that mm-hmm. week. So, All right, and then uh, we'll move on to Week 18. Instead, we'll go with which matchup do you think is going to get flexed. Usually the matchup that gets flexed is the one that has the biggest playoff implications, um, the one that's going to actually matter to uh, the future of the playoffs. Which team do you, or Which teams do you think get flexed? Which t- or which teams do I think get flexed? Yeah, because there's games? only going to be one game that gets flexed. Which one do you? Which teams, oh, which sorry, teams which, do which, I think get flexed? Sorry, okay. which game? Which game? Uh, which game? Yeah. I think it's going to be one of either Niners, Rams, or Seahawks, Cardinals, because two out of those four teams are going to be fighting for that wild card spot, mm-hmm. and I think it's going to be very close. So one of those two teams is going to be flexed. I think so. That's a good one. Um, I think that I honestly think it's going to be Pat's Dolphins. I think that they're going to be competing kind of for. Um, I think it'll probably be a situation where um, Pats, if everything went right, can win the or can get into the playoffs. Uh, the Dolphins, if they lose, will like lose the wild card or whatever. I think the Bills are still winning that division, mm-hmm. but um, I think it's going to be a really, really close uh, division between those two, especially if the Pats can, you know, just get it together with everyone they brought in for defense and stuff. But um, looking over the schedules one more time, uh, who are you going for NFC AFC favorites for Super Bowl? NFC favorite, obviously, it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're going to be a huge favorite because they just won the Super Bowl. I think the Niners are a good team. They're going to be a big favorite, hopefully. I mean, I'm kind of biased. Yeah. But, uh, and in the AFC, obviously, you got the Chiefs, you got the Bills, 